What's good, podcast family? It's your boy Jason Craig, aka the friendly neighborhood dreadhead. And today, y'all, ooh, today I got some very good special guests today. Introduce yourself, you guys. Robbie. Robbie. Oh, I thought you said special guest. <laughs> My bad. You are special, uh, man. Oh, appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> my name is Robbie Bear. I'm a filmmaker. I'm Ryan George. I'm a writer and uh, co-host of the Cynic Radio podcast. Uh, I'm Mark, and I am host of Blurred Cast on Anchor and Spotify, and I'm also a photographer and content creator on YouTube. It's your girl, the Binge Babe, aka the Thick Rider Chick, and I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you all for being here, but reason why we all here today form a league of our own because y'all know what came out this weekend and, mm-hmm. and if, if y'all know i'm the biggest bad man bitch that there is on the planet <laughs> but you know after the last time we saw batman was in the shitty of old joss whedon justice league and the horrible batman versus superman but you know what one brother said we're going to get this man, Matt Reeves. He did something with Planet of the Apes. He might can get something going. So I was like, okay, cool. And now, but the cast for Batman, what everybody was talking about, they got Mr. Robert Pattinson, or some people like to call him by is Edward Cullen from Twilight. I never saw Twilight, so I just know him from Lost City of Z. So now let's talk about the, like a, a little bit of the buildup to this movie, I ne- to be honest, I didn't think this movie was going to happen because of the flip-flop between Ben Affleck writing and directing to Matt Reeves. And then I think there was somebody else had their name in the head at one point. Then the whole thing with Ben Affleck and his alcoholism. Damn. Yeah, and then the whole thing with DC not knowing what the hell to do with their properties. <laughs> so... How did y'all feel when y'all fought, when they finally announced the Batman? I was excited because, you know, because Matt Reeves was talking about how he wanted it to be a film noir type. Um, when I heard that um, Ben Affleck, originally when Ben Affleck was going to direct it, I thought, okay, I'll give it a chance because I do like him as a director. And I want to, I do, I am disappointed. I'm probably not going to see Deathstroke for a while, if ever again. But when Matt Reeves took over and he took his time with with the script and um, you know with the de- in the development phase, I was I I just remained patient, you know, and I'm just really glad I got to see it. What did you think when you when you first heard about the Batman? Yeah, well, when I first heard about it, you know, yeah, I I agree that um, when I heard that Matt Reeves was. Uh, involved I was really excited because I really I love those last two Planet of the Apes movies I think he's a really good storyteller really good director um, so I really like that and then hearing what he had to say like thing you know things like that you know he was he wanted to focus on a Batman who still had you know gotten control of his rage and the idea that he wanted to really focus on it being a detective story and and kind of a film noir like those were things that really did excite me because you know I wanted a Batman that was maybe closer to what we've seen in the more recent comics you know in the comics in the last 20, 30 years, you know, I don't think we really got that um, on the screen. And so when, you know, A, that it was Matt Reeves and B, that he he seemed to have a good handle on what he wanted to do, that really, really excited me about it. All right. What about you, Mark? What'd you think, man? Um, when it first came out, I'm going to admit I was a bit underwhelmed. Um, maybe it's because of this superhero fatigue that I'm kind of going through and just kind of 
how the DCEU is handling their movies and their products. Um, I was excited to see that Matt Reeves was doing it because I do like the Planet of, Late, uh, Planet, Planet of the Apes films that he did, but I'm just kind of like, is this going to acerbate how I already feel about the genre in it as a whole? Um, so I do have a kind of mixed opinion about it. Of course, I do love Batman, but I feel like we've got a lot of like the same characters telling different stories and i kind of want to see more from this genre or see something completely different um and, and like i said this movie gave me some mixed feelings so i i can't wait to discuss those things um i'm not gonna lie when i saw that it was edward cullen uh, i am a twilight fan and that's what i know him from i was a little like from bad to worse um i <laughs> i mean i love him as an actor but i just could not see him being you know Bruce Wayne. I just couldn't see it. Um, I was a little skeptical about Zoe Kravitz as well being such a sultry character as Catwoman. Um, but I ended up being pleasantly surprised. So I'm not gonna lie. I was like, what? Edward? But yeah. <laughs> First Ben Affleck, now this. But honestly, yeah, hey, I can admit when I'm wrong. So yeah. Well, y'all, before we start discussing it and we'll give our thoughts on it, let's go ahead and watch this good old movie trailer for The Batman. Bruce Wayne. Sorry. I wouldn't be bothering you here, but your people keep telling me you're unavailable. You know, you really could be doing more for this city. family has a history of philanthropy, but as far as I can tell, you're not doing anything. The Riddler is asking for you. The killer left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cats. I have a thing about strays. The bat and the cat. It's got a nice ring. You a new friend of yours? I'm not so sure. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this, too. How am I part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Wayne. All these years, you lied to me, Alfred. We all have our scars, Bruce. You're still away. He's involved in this? No, he's not involved. How do you know? He's a vigilante. Who are you under there? Trouble. 
So let me go ahead and start off by saying one thing I really appreciate Matt Reeves. One thing I want to thank Matt Reeves is thank you for finally showing me Batman as a detective. Because that's one thing that even though I love, like, I'm not too crazy about the first and the second one, the Nolan trilogy, but I did love The Dark Knight. But none of those movies showed Bruce being a detective. And I like Ben Affleck's fight scene in the warehouse because that was the most, that was the best fight scene that we've seen in a Batman film. But the rest of the movie was just bogged down by shit. Let's just put it out there. And Robbie, we already reviewed Forever and Batman and Robin, and less said about that, the better. Uh, Agreed. <laughs> Michael Keaton, eh, it, it, it was for that era. But this, I'm glad to say, I'm glad to say that they truly showed that Batman being a detective and actually trying to solve crime instead of he just more than punching people in the face. Now, <laughs> I'm now uh, one thing I will say, I'm gonna say this, y'all. Now, y'all, even though I didn't feel the length of this movie because I was so um, enthralled in this story. If you really ain't a Batman fan or a, or just a crime like a crime thriller fan, this movie gonna drag in some parts. <laughs> this movie gonna drag in some parts. Like maybe it was a theater in, but my theater was dead. My theater was dead. They ain't even clap at the end like you heathens. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know you don't want to be the one asshole that claps in the theater. <laughs> now. A person's opinion I want to hear is uh, Mr. Mark because me because I want to know what he has to say. Um, I, I'm sitting here taking notes based off what you just said. Uh, first thing, uh, punches people in the face. He definitely did that still in this movie. Uh, there's there's that one scene that we'll talk about in the spoilers. And um, okay, so you want my take? Um. Again, I wasn't excited about this because of how I feel about just superhero movies in general. But seeing it, the movie was was good. The movie was good. I don't have a lot of complaints about the movie, maybe some artistic directions about it. Um, and like you, I did experience a crappy movie, uh, movie goer experience. Um, I have some issues about them charging extra money just to go see this movie versus other movies that were also in theaters uh, over the weekend. Um, and, you know, just stuff in general, like I, the whole beginning part, I kind of missed because people showed up 30 minutes late to the movie and want to argue about seats. So I, I have some issues about viewing this movie. The movie as a whole is okay. It's good. It's, it's really good. I do like Batman being a detective. Um I do like the new war aspects of it, but maybe not the artistic direction that they took to show that part of it. Um, I like the whole mafia aspect of it, the Falcones and all this and that, but uh, I don't think this was for me. I feel like there's something that other YouTubers and content creators say that at some point, what they do starts to feel like work and this is the first thing that I've done that felt like work for me that I had to sit there 
and super digest this movie and try to absorb everything and come up with something to say about it when I wasn't that interested in watching it in the first place. After watching it, I'm glad I did view it and it was a good experience. The movie itself is very good, um, but I don't think this was for me. If okay. that makes sense. All right, all right. Uh, what about you, Ryan? What you so, got to say about it? I, so I saw it. So it's, you mentioned you mentioned a couple things that um, kind of resonated with me. One is the length. Um, so I saw it twice, and the first time I saw it, I made the mistake of drinking. I, I was I was kind of feeling under the weather. I'm still I still don't have my voice back completely, but I had I had a lot of liquids, and I didn't use the restroom right before the movie. Oh no! So <laughs> and, and I, I'm like, and I didn't want to miss anything because you know, like uh, God forbid, like I miss like a big reveal. Like actually, the next day, a friend the, the or the yeah the day, next day when I was with the friend, my friend missed. A big reveal because he had to go use the restroom so my so my biggest mistake was like i just had to pee and i couldn't get up so i spent the last hour of the movie kind of counting down the minutes <laughs> not because i wasn't enthralled but because i had to use the bathroom so the second time i saw it the the three hours flew by and it, you know it's it is it is a long movie and it is it is you know it's it's dark and it's there's not much levity so like i totally understand um it you know that it that it can turn people off and that not everyone's gonna love it you know from my perspective i like i really enjoyed it because it did offer something that i don't think we got from other batman movies and uh you know really kind of touched on different genres that i like and it's batman so like i'll take three hours of batman um and i really did feel like it was you know look it could have been cut short and there, there are areas where you could have been you know you definitely could have cut a few minutes here but i really respect and 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 liked what matt reeves was going for and like it was a movie that was made for like for someone like me and and so i really really i, I came out of it really really enjoying it and i think my opinion you know even went up more after i saw it a second time okay how about you robbie um the batman is not um it's not a perfect movie you know it does have it does have some flaws but there's nothing like it's nothing like that glaring it's really more of like a, um you know as a writer myself you know i look at um like some i thought some of the characters i didn't really care for that much i just kind of wish that we've fleshed them out just a little just a, a little bit more um I do like the noir aspect because I'm a fan of, you know, noir and suspense thrillers. I'm glad it was very suspenseful. And without spoiling it, I'm glad that it's a lot. It's about a lot more than just, you know, Batman just solving riddles. I mean, really, it just kind of pushed. It just really just pushed the plot. So it's a lot bigger than it really was. I also um, I do think, yeah, the movie's long, but at the same time, I just felt like Matt Reeves wanted to do a lot of world building because they do have um, a couple. They have a couple spinoffs planned so I, but i will say though um you know um the, the thing about you know superhero fatigue i am glad i saw this um i saw this movie but i do want to see new characters but i think this is the first time i actually saw like um a movie so that's a like a movie like 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 universe that's almost that's really focused on one character which i think is kind of interesting i do think that's one that's one thing creatively that I think Warner Brothers could, that Warner Brothers should, you know, open the possibility of doing with all their other characters. Because I mean, there's because you get to delve deeper into, you know, to other um, to other characters in, in those worlds that you know they're not focused on like the protagonist. So I really enjoyed the movie. I really, really did. Um, I do like how it's how it's all how it kind of sets up for like future films moving forward. 
and Greg Frazier is actually one of my favorite uh, cinematographers. I think he and Roger Deakins right now are the, are the best in the business, right? Um, like at this moment. So I do like the Gothic, um, the Gothic look for it. I mean, I do think in <laughs> when the Batmobile showed up, I was very, I was very excited because I just, it just sounded like it was a beast alive or something. So it was, it was really cool. It was really, um, it was a good experience. I mean, my theater was kind of small, so I didn't really, there really wasn't a lot of um, like, if the crowd wasn't really all that, you know, hyped. And I think someone tried to clap, but they're like, no, I'm, I'm just going to sit quiet so I won't be a dick. Nah, because he won't be that ass. So, but exactly. You were, but okay. What about you? What do you think, Courtney? Um, like I said, I was very, very skeptical at first. I just, to me, he will forever be Edward Cullen, and that's not a bad thing. You know, Robert Pattinson is a very talented actor. Um, Zoe as well, you know. Um, but I was, I was just kind of, I saw the cast was really had a lot of good actors in it, but I felt like they were just put in roles that wouldn't fit them, especially my baby daddy, Colin Farrell. I was just like, what is like, what, who is that? But I was so pleasantly surprised by how all these people, I won't say fit perfectly, but they, they worked those roles. They really did. And I think we should change the name of it from the Batman to the emo Batman. Um, (laughs) <laughs> because my man's was definitely emo to the fullest um it kind of lacked a little bit in the area of something for the ladies and I feel like you should always always play to the female market no matter what genre you are because that is a huge buying market but I think they gave us just enough for this character to be as emo as he was um with his interaction with you know, his female partner, that it still kind of had that essence. You know, it wasn't sappy like Twilight, but it still was a relatable, dare I say, love story, because I guess just he wouldn't allow himself emotionally to go that far. So, but uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, yes, it was long, but I didn't feel the three hours. To me, it felt like two movies in one, and they both were enjoyable. So, well, okay, that was uh, everybody's first impression. Now let's get on to the actual review. Now I'm gonna tell you all this right now. I'm pretty sure you regret you regret now, but this movie is not for kids. It may be PG-13, but Matt Reeves looked at Warner Brothers and looked them dead in the eyes and said, "I won't rate it R, but you give me PG-13, so I'm going to push the limits and push the limits." He did because there are some disturbing. There are some disturbing things that happen in this movie. To better explain it, picture, okay, picture this. Picture if Chinatown, the Zodiac, Seven, and I would say a splash of saw, if they all just had an orgy and had a baby. That is the Batman because you see a little bit of everything. The Riddler, like the way that they depict the Riddler, I really do enjoy it. Maybe also because I saw Batman Forever two weeks ago. So, <laughs> and and that right there, that is the Riddler. The Riddler is a crazy psycho with jokes. I mean, not jokes. That's with that, riddles, yeah. yeah, with riddles. That's the Joker. But he's just a psycho with riddles. And I like the way that they did some of the riddles. And like I said, Matt Reeves, he was pushing the limit of that PG-13 because there was some there was some 
violent. Mm-hmm. There were some violent kills. And then the violence that you didn't see, it was just some of the things that you just that you just saw, like just things that they insinuated and they built up to it. You just had to fill in the blanks with your mind. Like I'm telling you guys, there's one point in this movie where it just straight out is a saw. It's like it's a scene from Saw. He definitely gave Jigsaw vibes for sure. <laughs> and I gotta say, man, out of all the Batman in the recent times, even though like everybody jokes with emo Batman and Twilight Batman, I was intimidated of I him like because <laughs> I was intimidated. He was the one Batman I was actually if if he, if he catches me buying weed, I would run because the way that he would just the way. Robert Pattinson, I can tell he's a great actor and he's good at his he's great at his craft because he studied the character of Batman because most of the acting it wasn't through his words it was through mo- mostly as Batman his eyes just mm-hmm. the, just the way he was looking he had the scowl down and then just he just had an intimidating presence and then when he punched somebody I I even felt it like there's one dude. There's one dude I'm just looking at Bam like, hey yo, chill, man. He down. He down. I, I, I I'm, I'm gonna let you do you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want, I don't want anything of what he got. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm full. I'm full. But yeah, you can hear the bone crunching and everything. Like, yeah. with all, like when he's, like whenever he hits somebody, you can actually, like I actually felt like that I was the one getting punched. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how, how um you know that's how realistic those sound effects really were it wouldn't surprise me if um if this movie actually was nominated or even won for like best sound effects or sound editing that's how that's how great it that's how great it sounded in the movie boy it's even one part when batman told somebody to put um somebody told batman to punch him and then after they said god damn nigga i know you're gonna hit me that hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what do y'all think of Pat of uh, Bat uh well Battinson is what they like to call him now? Mm. Yes, well, it's I a whole they... thing. There's Bat Bill, there's Bat Fleck, and now there's Battinson. Damn. Yeah, I think I think they did a really good job with it because like you know the the way he was shot, what you know because he's not as tall as especially like when he was in the suit, he looked like he was towering over everybody. So I think they did a really good job of shooting him you know, more to be more intimidating. They, you know, again, you know, a, a testament to Matt Reeves and, and the cinematographer that, you know, the, he just looked scary, you know, looked like something out of a comic at times. And then, uh, you know, Pattinson just, you know, the the way he acted in the mask, the, the, um, the fact that he seemed to have a death wish and, you know, as, as somebody like I'm a, I'm a martial artist and I've, I've competed and the worst type of person to fight is somebody who like you hit them good. And then they just look at you like it was nothing and keep coming at you. That's terrifying. And I think he kind of portrayed that part as well. Like the fight scenes um, he, you know, he, he, and also the fight scenes were just choreographed. Great. Like they looked like real fights. It looked like if you're one guy with an armored suit fighting eight guys, what's going to happen. And that's exactly what it looked like. It wasn't overly choreographed. It wasn't crazy, fancy martial arts. It was just a guy brutalized other people and so i think you put all those together and he's he's you know probably the scariest batman we've gotten which is surprising because he's he's he you know when you look at him with his shirt off he's not the biggest guy in the world he doesn't look like any of these other superhero actors who you know put on 30 pounds um to you know for a role he just looks like a regular guy but but with the suit on and the way he was shot and the way they choreographed the scenes like he, he's really looks scary what about you mark what'd you think of it of his batman um, I want to just piggyback off what uh, Ryan just said. Uh, I 
wish we got more of those um, fighting scenes and those uh, and the choreography. And I wish it was like less shot in the dark, kind of how it was. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said, but I just kind of it made me want to see more of that. Um, I I picked on the whole Twilight. He's being emo and them kind of doing that whole thing um fairly early and i kind of like how like uh for example uh there's a scene where he just got out of the suit and he still has the eyeliner and the makeup on from wearing the batman suit i like how that was shot well it didn't seem as emo but you kind of get that vibe that this is a very dark very uh focus on the job type of batman versus any other iteration that we've gotten from him before um, I like how they did the whole Bruce Wayne Batman persona. Bruce Wayne is this recluse and you don't really see him out in public. And when he does, it's like only certain special occasions because when you see him as Batman, it's like, okay, yeah, they don't do that weird thing they did in the um, in the other trilogy of Batman where he talks with a dark, gritty voice on Batman. And I hated that. So I like that they, you know, made it like that. So like, hey, Bruce Wayne's just a recluse. You don't even know or hear him. You may understand or know who he is. But when he's Batman, he doesn't have to do that dark, gritty voice tone thing. And I do like the overall, hey, I'm a detective part because you don't get a lot of that from Batman. But there's also still like like uh, um, like Robbie was saying, they push that PG rating a lot. Um, and I just kind of wish they just let it finally be a rated R Batman film because it seems like that's the direction that they wanted to go in. <clears throat> Um, how did I feel about him as the Batman? Okay, um, I gotta say it. Edward did the damn thing. Um, you know, just for me, you know, as a as a lady, like I said, I felt like we could have got a little more emotion or a little more of him as a person. But this movie is called The Batman, so it's really focused on him as you know, as the Dark Knight, as Batman. So. To me, he was very emo and very emotionless and very just, he wasn't close to anyone, even Alfred. Like he was just, except that cat. You know, I, I liked how they gave us just enough that whatever she's got going on is enough to get him interested. And even though he tried to hide it really, really well, as a woman, you could just see that he was feeling her a lot. Like as, as emotionless as he tries to be, he couldn't help himself. But he's so devoted, like, um, I think that was Ryan who said that, or was it Mark? He's so devoted to his career that, that his head is on a swivel. He is obsessed, addicted, if you will, to Gotham and its crime scene. So it's like, he feels like that is just his his life's purpose, and he really lives that out. I like how they made everything more realistic. It, you know, in other movies, it was like, oh, there's a guy in a bat. And yeah, he, he, but this one was really like, if we were looking at a grown man in a bat suit, <laughs> like we would be thinking, like they thought this nigga is crazy. Like, <laughs> okay, we get it. But sir, you are dressed as a bat. And, you know, even the penguin and cat, cat woman, they didn't look like their typical costumes. They look more realistic. And I like that they made this movie into something. That if the technology were there, yeah, it's you know, it's not it's not a biopic, but it could be real. They made it more realistic to me than any other Batman film. 
Yeah. I, I want to chime in and say, like, I agree with you. This has been the most realistic, most grounded version of Batman. I like they depicted the penguin as just a regular mobster who just happens to have like a slightly slightly larger nose. And mm-hmm. instead of him looking like a penguin and using toys and stuff, or uh, I like how the Riddler was more serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer type of uh, portrayal versus Jim Carrey. This is my suit of question marks. Um, and, you know, just everybody else. I, I like, uh, like, even with Batman, there's a scene where, you know, every Batman movie, they have the iconic scene where he gets the cape or the wings or whatever and glides down. This one was more realistic in how they did it. I'll talk more about that in the spoiler section. Um, and even the car chase scene, which was my favorite part of the movie. Um, just it was perfect and super realistic in how you would get in and out of these type of situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually one of the best parts of the movie is its realism um, and how it portrays these characters that we've already known. Uh, and to me, that was a really different, unique take on it because, like, even in the Nolan films, you know, Joker was a, a dark, twisted clown. Batman was the uh, I'm a be a superhero vigilante type. They, you know, made the tropes of superhero movies and just kind of dialed them up a bit. But this was more really grounded and down to earth and more believable. Hey, like like Courtney said, this is what it would literally be like with the technology that we have of what this person would go through and these people and these characters. So I like that a lot. Yeah, man. It's so it's so grounded that like in reality, the Batman would be a dumb name to like name a superhero, and so not you know we like, we can talk about it in the spoiler, but I actually like that he has another nickname. That's he get he probably gets called that nickname more than he gets called the Batman throughout the movie, and that kind of makes sense because again, like you know, yeah, if there's a world without a Batman kind of a dumb name so you know you would give him the other name kind of sounds a little bit more like some like something that's scary and you know that you would be intimidated by so you know you like speaking of it being ground grounded like it even you know, even to that yeah like now i'm gonna say something <laughs> i'm gonna just say the one thing i guess gotham forgot to pay their light bill to the sun because if y'all notice even during the day the sun like nah nigga y- y'all got too much going on there i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stay up here even the sun's scared to come through. I want to talk about that in the spoiler section, but that was definitely something I I noted throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god! Like, can someone please turn up the ISO on their camera so I can see what's happening? Uh, this was like a terrible. Like, why is it so dark? But yeah, it like, felt more like a horror movie. Yeah, yeah like, before, right. Yeah, which which I didn't mind. It feeling like a horror movie, even like in the beginning when Bat when you find when you first see Batman on you know on screen you can feel his presence like he's coming like some kind of like a like a as if a shark is coming after someone just to like just to like tear him up like i also love the um i love the chemistry between all the actors as well so like when i initially saw the casting of like say jeffrey wright as jim gordon and you know matt you know um uh, zoe kravitz as catwoman i really love the chemistry between all the actors like when i heard that robert pattinson and zoe kravitz were cast as like bruce and uh, selena like I always, I, I knew that their chemistry would work because when I, because they remind, because I know um everyone wants to remember Pattinson as Edward, you know Edward Cullen. Because when I look at these two, they just kind of remind me of those old like you know teen like romance dramas like from the early two like the early two thousands, and I just felt like 
it just I just I just knew for whatever reason also they're they're fr- um, they're friends in real life like you know off screen and everything so I knew that their chemistry would work and I thought I thought you know Jeffrey Wright was the perfect Jim Gordon for this iteration of you know um um for this um this iteration of Batman it actually it just really worked I thought because I th- not once did I feel like that um there was no chemistry between any of the actors I mean, it just felt it just felt so natural, even if um some characters were used like less than others. And and then my spoiler review, I'll talk more about like who I thought who maybe maybe like one or two like specific characters I thought could have been fleshed out a little bit more for me to actually care. And I'll get more I'll get more into that in the spoiler. But um, but yeah, I just thought but it was it was definitely what I um, what I wanted, you know, from from the visuals, like from the, you know, from the uh, sound effects to the acting. So, you know, I don't really have many complaints. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of Death Rise, Jim Gordon, I'm going to talk about the spoiler in the spoiler review, but man, I feel so bad for him. <laughs> I feel so, it like, like everything that they told him, I was like, damn, this, this brother cannot catch a break. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, Dan, to, be, to be honest, I think he's like the only brother on the police force. Can we can we uh, give it up for them with the diversity though? We had a black Jim Gordon, we had a Mayra Lett who was dark skinned black woman with 4C hair. I am here for this Batman, like really. We had a black cat woman, you know. Yeah, like, I did like those things. I did like all those things. Yeah, man. And also yeah. Zoe Kravitz act to me, out of all the actresses who have played Catwoman, she actually looks looks uh, resembles her uh, more than any of the other actresses, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean with the short hair. You know, and everything. It just like it's funny. Someone told me that she looks like a cat, and that she was perfect for this role. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, my thing about this movie is I'm gonna get a lot of heat for it, but man, Zoe Kravitz to me, she is Catwoman because if you've seen the shows, the move, the animated movies, the comics, Selena Kyle, she that 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 is who she is. She like they gave her a motive, which was which. I did, which I did like. A lot of people wouldn't like it, but I did like the motive. And she was still a burglar. And I'm so glad they didn't give her that dumbass mask that they <laughs> always give her with them pointy uh-huh. ass ears. I'm glad, yeah, it showed a little bit of cat ears, but it was a subtle mask. It wasn't, oh, look, she's a she's a sexy cat. Here y'all go. I agree. <laughs> and I did like the touch of her actually having sharp nails instead of stupid ass claws i've never understood that like i like that 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 is that has to get in the way of you like holding something like like that just don't seem effective at all so i did like she has like natural well not naturally but that she has just sharp nails because the, them claws i've always thought they were stupid and then when they put glitter on them and glint like um glint, whatever it's called rhinestone just looks stupid Dang. So I did like the iteration of Catwoman, and I'm gonna just Penguin. Ever since Gotham, I've loved what they did with the Penguin because they're actually making him. They're actually doing more with the Penguin now, just instead of having oh, he's a short white dude that likes fish and has a pointy nose, and loves living with penguins. So I love that they give more dimensions. The Riddler, they got the perfect man to play the Riddler because I don't know if y'all know this. But Paul Dano, he just looks sleazy, like, <laughs> like he just looks like he just looks sleazy, like um. But uh, I think the movie that I really did like him in 
that were like <laughs> they kind of did him dirty was a movie prisoners with Hugh Jackman. I did like him in that because because <laughs> like like in that movie he got his ass beat. Why? Because he looked creepy. Because <laughs> he looked like somebody that would snatch up kids. So that was a great casting, and he did he did a great job with with what he got. Even though we didn't get much, get get enough of him like I wanted to, I still feel like he still made his presence known for the scenes that he did have. Mm-hmm. And um, Miss uh, do that play Falcone. At John first, Turturro. I yeah. Wait, what's his Second name? Seven. <laughs> John Turturro. Yeah, John Turturro. At first, like man, he a comedian, but then when I started watching, like you know what. You playing a really good Falcon. You playing a real good Falcon. He but, was a surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah. Very surprised. And then I like I just love how in this movie it is it's not for me like I like I know Marcus said like he, he got super fatigued cuz they're not trying to something new. One thing I did like about this Warner Brothers they took chances cuz this wasn't your typical superhero film. This was a legit police procedural slash film noir which I love those. So I was, that's why I was so invested in this movie because like I, I'm with Mark was like on some level with super fatigue. A lot of these movies, it just copy and paste. Just you punch the villain, you punch the villain, then you lose, then you come back stronger in the third act. So I'm glad that in this movie, it kind of strayed away from that and it became more of something you would see out of a seven or a, Zod- or a Zodiac. And also had, um, and also, it like one thing I did like it did it also pulled from Sin City as well. Yeah, I I, I feel that I feel that except it just didn't look as it didn't it just didn't look as like cartoony. It actually felt yeah. it actually felt real. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think we're going to uh, I think we're going to wrap up the spoiler the free section, y'all, because there's a lot I want to talk about for the spoiler field. So. Mm. We are going to be right back after a word from our sponsors. And we back for the field. I'm going to just tell you straight up. Oh, Matt Reeves, I want to see your rated. There's got to be an uncut. I'm pretty sure they're doing a director's cut because I want to see some of his rated R elements because one trap I want to talk about is that rat trap that he had on the, was it the? Was on the, the mayor. On no, the, no, the commissioner. Yeah. On the commissioner. I was like, ah, that is brutal. That is that is a jigsaw Very trap. Very jigsaw, Because yes. <laughs> even though we didn't see what his face looked like, I'm like, I'm afraid to see what his face looked like. And I think it was on his stomach as well, mm-hmm. like on his ribcage. Like, oh. So, yeah, this movie got dark. This, this movie is really dark, which I love dark. I, I, I love I love that they actually dwell on the, onto the dark side of Batman. Because a lot of people, they're going to complain about how he was too emo and like you, he was like his Bruce was one note, but I also tell people this, this, this is only his second year of being Batman. So he's not, so he's really more of trying to be more of a Batman than be Bruce Wayne. Cause he still hasn't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. And I say this, he's one of my favorite. He's, he's one of my favorite to play the character now because he, I'm glad they finally show that this motherfucker is crazy. <laughs> Like, yeah. Bruce Wayne is crazy. Who do you know? Wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I'm going to go around the world, go to a different, a bunch of different colleges, um, majoring in a bunch of different things. Get get a degree in there, and then on the side, I'm gonna go have 
somebody beat my ass to teach me martial arts. And then when I come back, I'm going to beat up drug dealers and murderers. What same person would say that? So I'm glad that they actually addressed like, yeah, this this motherfucker crazy. Not to mention the the journal he kept. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't know if I would say crazy. He definitely lacked people's skills. I think he's I don't know. I no, would say crazy. crazy. He's crazy. I think Enigma is crazy, but Batman is just—I don't know the word. But he's a tortured soul. Yes, thank you. He is quite intelligent. I wouldn't say he's not. No, you can be. You you can be smart. But he lacks people skills, and I, it's almost like he got stunted as, as that little boy emotionally. But he kept growing in intelligence, and he kept growing in skills. Yeah, but. <sighs> I just say he's crazy just for some fact of like a lot of people like even what's your name said and the mayor said yeah your family was into philanthropy what why aren't you doing it um too busy beating no drug dealers <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's why i say he's crazy you got you crazy for putting your life on the line when when you don't have to he can put his he he has billions of dollars and he can actually yeah. he can actually put money into building a new orphanage or Thanks. or to actually outsource for policemen well i don't know if he might want to come to gotham to be a policeman but he can still <laughs> no. but there's other ways there's other ways he can go about fixing the city but the reason why i say he's crazy is because this is like a hide him mm-hmm. he gets he gets a rush off of this and that's the thing that i like about this batman because He's not even attempting to be Bruce in this movie. He like Bruce said, "Hey, I want to come play. Get your ass something." Because Alfred was like, "Look, we got a meeting today with some important people. I need you to get dressed." He was like, "Fuck that! I'm a- <laughs> I wear all black, nigga." I was like, "Okay, he's okay, you know." But I don't know if crazy is the word. I think he crazy. is obsessed, or like you say, he gets a high from the beating up drug dealers. That's crazy. I think that is how he. <laughs> 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 I think that is how he deals with the emotional trauma that he, but that's you're crazy. right. He could have went the philanthropist route and that makes much more sense. But let me get this anger off my chest about you motherfuckers that killed my parents. Punch two, three. And I mean, I think that's just how he gets, that's how he deals. But that, well, but that is still crazy. Like the more and more you explain it, the more crazy it is. <laughs> I'm just trying to yeah. say, just slapping a crazy label on it when <laughs> No, I mean, even in the I mean, even in the chase scene when uh, he was chasing after Penguin, and the he Batman, killed people. He killed like, people. I'm sorry, he killed people in that chase scene. I don't know. Like, like when um, literally, like I love the reason why I love the way that chase scene was shot was because it actually felt like you know Batman was just a monster just chasing him, chasing him on the on the freeway, and he was trying to escape with his life. Damn. <laughs> that's what it felt like to me when i was looking when i was he gave um, me fast and furious vibes i was like okay don toretto what's going on here like <laughs> yeah i'll say this um like especially with that chase scene i don't know if you ever had the drive in atlanta um uh, but i was getting kind of those vibes of being stuck in traffic in atlanta and people <laughs> cutting you off and just doing all kind of weird stuff and accidents and stuff i'm like yeah i can see how all that went down he's trying to escape batman i agree with uh with robbie that he's kind of batman's appearing like a monster and all he's trying to do is escape and he did everything he could up until the last minute he's like all right F it, I'm going to cause a big accident. He's not going to be able to get through this. And then and then Batman comes through it. Um, and another thing I want to point up, um, I 
I don't want to say that this is my favorite version of Batman because it's not, but I do like how they play the duality between Batman and his villains because the reason why Batman is one of my favorite superheroes is because if you take him being a superhero out of the equation and compare him to the people he goes up against, he's literally one for one his villains if you look at the batman animated series him and joker they're basically the same character just one good and one evil and how they go about um both being a vigilante and being a a super villain um and i see in this movie that duality played very carefully like in the beginning batman's saying he is the shadows and then towards the end of the movie you see oh the riddler was really kind of behind the shadows and uh you didn't even see his face until the reveal and even doing that reveal part they cleverly hid his face until they wanted you to see his face and i like that parallel between my my hero and my villain because it's like you know life isn't great like you know comes great responsibility come with great power comes a great responsibility type of moment and i like how they played that off in this movie and also to piggyback off what um piggyback off of that like what is interesting about the relationship between batman and his villains and they really do and matt reeves um does a really good job of really displaying this in this movie because it's something it's just something that i don't think we really got from the other movies not that not that the directors didn't know like what they were doing or anything like that but for matt reeves you can tell that he he um thoroughly studied you know this psychology of of bruce wayne because when you think about it every villain he faces like they all like represent like a damaged uh damaged psychological a damaged piece of batman's psychological mind like for riddler like when he explains um um near the end of the movie how he's like we're the same you know you inspired me and everything because you know the reason why um you know riddler's plan was um was so damaging was because he was able to challenge batman on an intellectual level and then of course when you think about um you know with um you know with catwoman you know they're 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 very similar but the difference is you know one is you know one is rich and the other and you know the woman is you know selena is poor I mean, and I can go go like on and on about how each villain. When you think about it, when you like look through like when you thoroughly like like study all the villains, you could see like Batman is can relate to like literally every single one of them, and he just deals with them in a very different way. And I, I just one hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah. So, what, so what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, I mean, you guys both kind of stole what I was going to say, so I don't have much to say. <laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah. No, no, no. No, it's great. <laughs> More eloquent than me. Um, but no, yeah, like all of his villains are like a um, like a funhouse, you know, mirror version of him. And I think mm-hmm. that's what this movie does that um, I don't think we quite get. Because, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Robbie, the uh, you know Riddler says, like, basically, like, we're the same and you inspired me. Like, this doesn't, ha- you know, almost like this doesn't happen without Batman. And I think it's interesting because you do wonder like why how is it that you know he's got all you know like why is it that you have this guy who's who's this great crime fighter but he seems it's like Gotham just gets worse like you get more and more of these insane villains and it's as if like you know he brings the worst out of people and even even while he's trying hard and hard and hard to to make the world a better place he even says it in the beginning of the movie like I'm trying but I don't know that this is working and um and I think that that's what makes a good villain is one that does kind of you know have some connection to 
to Batman and, and, and some version of him, you know, it's like in a different world, you know, a different version of him becomes one of those guys, you know, becomes one of those. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't kill. Cause if he does kill, he becomes the Joker. He becomes any of them. And so I think more than a lot of the other movies, this really does a good job of connecting Batman to the villains. And maybe it's not a good thing. And I think he starts to learn towards the end that, you know, there's gotta be more than him just being fear because that's not working. That's if, if anything, yeah. inspiring other people. Yeah. I agree with that because towards the end of the movie, he even says, uh, oh, I see that it is working, but not in the way that I anticipated. He's seeing that his presence is bringing more crime to that city, more, even more willing to do harm type of villains. Um, and that he has, like, like, you, like Ryan said, he has to do more. He has to be more than the fear itself. He has to be the symbol of peace and justice. Yeah, like, I'm going to just say this. I'm going to just say this. I love Batman. Love him to death. But that no-killing rule, I, I've i always had a problem with that because for some fact, I'm be thinking, like, dog, you be punching people in the <laughs> face hard as hell. You be breaking ribs and breaking legs. You do know that you can kill somebody by breaking, by crushing their ribs, right? You do know that if you hit somebody and they know at the right spot, you can kill. I've just never understood. Like, bro, just just say you you don't try to kill. It's <laughs> not my intention to kill, yeah. Because look, I've always been okay. Like, 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 even though I didn't like Batman versus Superman, I was cool with Batman killing people. Like, look, he's been doing this for years. He, he um Joker done killed his Robin. He done he was just fed up. <laughs> he said, you know what? I'm probably gonna die soon. So you some of y'all gotta die soon too. <laughs> So, but yeah. like, but like, but in all seriousness, though, one thing about um, Rob Pattinson as Batman, I was just like, I can just go on and on about. I'm so glad that you finally get to see that, see him be the smartest person in the room, because there were scenes at the very beginning when he was picking up clues before the cops did, and I'm pretty sure the cops didn't want him there. Didn't want him there, cause like, damn, he kind of outshined us, cause no, the cops don't like him at all. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I like that though. I like that dynamic because you know, even though, and it's funny. I like when Jim Gordon says, "Look, I've known you for two years, and I don't even know who the hell you are under the mask." <laughs> you know, and I just think, I mean, his presence there, you know, really made people very uncomfortable, and you felt that, like right when um when when uh he was looking at the um the dead body of the mayor, and then that um, <clears throat> and then that um that cop was like use was um like just glaring was just staring at him and Gordon's like you good and he's like oh sorry <laughs> yeah like a shaking his head like okay <laughs> so um so I really so I really really like that even to the point where they were in the police when they were in the police department when he was knocked out trying to save somebody you know um and then he was and then someone was trying to take his mask off and everything so I don't think I never really saw that um, at least not in live action. I've seen it in like the Justice League animated series, but it was cool to, it was really cool to see, you know, how, see him like interact with all the police officers and not just Jim Gordon. Yeah. 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 Because, and I guess that's why, you know what, after seeing this movie, I'm ready. I'm actually ready to see that Gotham PD show because now I'm actually interested in the cops. If Jim Gordon is going to be in the show. Yeah. Cause the thing about Jim Gordon is, that brother just like man, it's like when he was like Jim Gordon, like that friend that that is with you and you get and you get something, but he don't like Batman, like your friend dirty, he dirty, he dirty, he dirty. Jim, like 
damn. <laughs> Am I dirty? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like I just like like one thing I've always liked about the Jim Gordon character is that like he is a very virtuous man. Mm-hmm. Whether he whether people try to bribe him, like either try to bribe him or or um, threaten his family, I've always loved that he still sticks to his virtues because. He is one of the few people in Gotham that actually try, cares about that city. Don't mm-hmm. know why, because it looked like God just took a shit on Gotham. <laughs> but he tries to say, but he's trying his best to save the city. And it was nice to see him be, I think he was a detective at this point in his career instead of, he's not commissioner yet. He's probably going to be commissioner since, you know. I think the, he's lieutenant. Or, or, or lieutenant. He's he, he lieutenant now. He's probably going to be commissioner next movie since, you know, the. Uh, yeah, the other commissioner died. Yeah. <laughs> right. He yeah. came down with a bad case of arsenic, so, <laughs> so I, oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure they're gonna put they're gonna have him be a commissioner in the sequel, which could open up a new dynamic to him, between him and Batman because he like as a lieutenant he could be a little bit more lenient towards Batman being Batman, but as commissioner he's gonna have to lead by example. Like, all right, look, I, I know you're good, but nigga, I can't have you here in this crime scene. <laughs> I think the funny thing is, y'all, y'all might laugh at this, but I think my favorite um, dynamic in the in like in all of all these Batman movies and shows, I think my favorite dynamic is the one in between Batman and Jim Gordon is in the Harley Quinn series. <laughs> well, what's so what's so funny about that, even though they play it for laughs, it is kind of like that because yeah, because Jim Gordon like he he loves the idea of Batman so much. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jeffrey Wright said it himself that he's more that that the way that he he portrays Jim Gordon, he's a big fan of Batman. Just like in the beginning, when on the police try to hold him back, back up from the um, crime scene, and then Jim Gordon's like, "He's with me." He's like, "Let him through." It's like going. He's like, he's basically like, "All right, Batman, you can come to the club and VIP." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 what do y'all think of them race Ben and Jim Gordon? I I actually thought that first of all, it's Jeffrey Wright. I already knew he was gonna kill it. When they announced Jeffrey Wright, that I, I thought that was like perfect casting. Like I did, I, you know, initially didn't think anything about race. It was like, that is the perfect person to cast as, as Gordon. Like I, I just couldn't, it was like, there, there's no, I, I had not thought about it and not heard about it. But when I heard that, I was like, that's it. Like, there's no question. But then you realize like, of course, I'm sure if you look on the internet, there's going to be a bunch of people really upset that they, you know, changed the race. You know, I, I, I he's a great actor and I think he nailed the role. Um, even, and he was always even better than I thought it would be. And I really did like the kind of buddy cop aspect of it. Like that they were really like partners um, and that they, you know, they were working together and it wasn't like a kind of glorified cameo but he was a significant part of the movie if not you know he like second or third most important person in the movie yeah what about you mark what'd you think of good old jeffrey Wright? um so i have this issue with him being in anything outside of worst world because uh you know he kind of broke out with season one of worst world and every time i see him in any role outside of that it's kind of like uh, uh, there's a scene in season one of Worst World. I know I'm saying that a lot, where he's like looking at a door. He's like, "Oh, that looks like nothing to me." Every time I see him in a role, I just think of that one moment. Not to say that he was not fantastic in this, because he was. He's my favorite iteration of this character, um, Jim Gordon. 
and I want to see more of him. And, you know, now that they gender bend Jim Gordon, that means we should get a gender bend Barbara Gordon, which is Batgirl in some iterations. So I, or Oracle. Um, so I want to see that and see where they go from there. He was actually very good in this. He was comedic in some parts where it needed to be. Uh, like the scene where he told Batman to take this key and punch me in the face and then escape. Um, that was that was really nice. I like that. But just because of who he is and where he came from, I can't help but think of that scene from Westworld. So mm-hmm. maybe that's just me. Well, I think I really did. I loved him as Jim Gordon. Um, I loved him as Jim Gordon. I mean, they actually did give him like the, um, you know, they actually get, did give him like the Jim Gordon, uh, like kind of the Jim Gordon haircut along with the mustache and everything. Right. And I just love how, um, I really love how, um, what's the word? I don't want to say I don't want to say obsessed, but I just love how in, how invested he was in in all the cases. Like when like when he, they were interrogating Penguin, it just felt really cool. Like it had like a good cop, bad cop, or as Penguin would say, bat bat shit cop, whatever he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really love. So I, I thought it was really cool cool like seeing you know seeing him um like I just felt like there he just brought a whole new energy. Even though I do love Gary Oldman as um as Jim Gordon, Je- um. But Jeff, but I really, I really enjoyed seeing, you know, seeing Jeffrey Wright. I mean, I thought he just, to me, like, I don't, I just feel like he was the only, maybe it was because of West, Westworld. And then look, I haven't seen Westworld. Maybe it was because of, uh, you know, Westworld that he was, he was kind of, he, while he was perfectly cast in this, you know, in this movie, because I just feel like this, like for this particular version of Batman, I think he's the right fit and I can, and I don't know. I just had a really good feeling from when I saw the casting that he would just he and Matt, he and um I keep wanting to say Matt Reeves he and Robert Pattinson would just work on screen, mm-hmm. and along with Greg along with Greg Frazier's um Greg Frazier's like noir cinematography. Oh, okay. What about you, Gordon? Yeah. Um, hold on. Let me make sure of this because I'm I think okay that is him. Okay, so I know him as Muddy Waters from Cadillac Records. So I was very surprised to see him uh, in this role. But honestly, despite how emo, and I'll find another word, but that's just the one I have right now. Despite how emo Batman is, I felt like there was a real friendship there between them. Like, I didn't feel like he was using Batman or even was like fanboying him. You you could tell that he actually cared for him when he gave him a chance to escape. Like, um, even though... <laughs> you know, and and risk having his own job dislocated to do it. So that shows friendship. It shows caring. And even though this particular Bruce Wayne is not the best at that, in fact, he's not very good at it at all. Um, he still has managed to find a friend in that suit. He's actually found two. So um, I, I liked a that you know we have a black actor doing. It didn't bother me. I didn't. I didn't feel like oh my god. You know, I was like okay. Okay. And he did the and he did the role well. Like, um, even in the Dark Knight trilogy, they didn't feel like friends. Like they felt like co-workers who who believed in the same vision or the same ideas, but they didn't feel like friends. This I felt a slight friendship here. Maybe it's just me, but well, no, that's how it that's how it's supposed to be. So that's, that's why I love the like the like the friendship between one another because the one thing I've always loved about Jim Gordon, he's one of the few people that Batman keep around because he knows if Jim Gordon dies, which Titans did show it, if Jim Gordon dies, 
Batman is going to go crazy, well, crazy than he already is, <laughs> because Batman, I mean, Batman, uh, Jim Gordon is his one cling to humanity that he has left, and Alfred. If him or Alfred dies, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's oh, it. Batman, Batman gonna become Thomas Wayne. Batman start carrying around pistols, killing people. Lord. So, oh my I, I really did enjoy. It. Now, a part, now one person I did enjoy. I did enjoy Catwoman, but my only gripe, Warner Brothers, you fucking listen to me. Stop doing things to be like, hey, look, y'all, she is a cat. When she pulled out that milk. I'm like, you gotta be. Oh fine. God! Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my God! I was like, can you stop it. being so on the nose? Like, I get it. She's Catwoman. Why is she drinking a glass of milk talking well, about cats? I would just imagine. Oh, just, to me, just she imagine. looked really. She looked really awkward to me when she was drinking that milk. When it was supposed to be comedic, because you could when he Bruce says you got a lot of cats, and just that look she made was like, I got a thing about strays. But I'm like, okay. I was just like expecting her, like I was like expecting like lick the back of her hand while she drinking the milk purring. Like I was like, come on, man. How much do y'all want to? How much do y'all want to bet that like for a safety take they made it? They did that as a joke. On set. I, I'm pretty sure they did. I was expecting to get an Eartha Kitt. I was just gonna say the Eartha Kitt purring everything. Like, but I. Warner Brothers, do that shit again. I'm I'm, I'm waterboarding y'all with milk. I'm tired of y'all doing that. At least you ain't eat cat. At least you ain't eat, eat cat food this yeah. time. Oh God! <laughs> or, or eat a bird. Oh yeah. Damn, almost shell fiber. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> also, one thing I want to talk. Um, I want to talk about like her um friend um, on uh, is her name Anika. Anika. Yeah. yeah. Like when she, when she um when she died, I didn't really feel much, but I wanted to see her character fleshed out just a little bit more. I wanted to see a little more scene, more scenes. Like I, I was, cause I felt for Selena Kyle, but with Annika, I just did. I, I don't feel like we just, we just really didn't see, see enough of her. I kind of wanted to do, see like maybe at least like one more scene with her, cause you really only see her in just one, like in just one scene where Bruce is looking from uh, watching in his binoculars from another building. And I was like, okay, you know, and I just like, oh, okay, okay. But I kind of just wanted to. I don't know. I just felt like that she should have been fleshed out just a little bit more. I don't want her to be like, not like in like five scenes, maybe just one more. Cause like when I saw that she died, it, it did, it, you know, it did, um, it, you know, it did surprise me in, in terms of like when, when they found her body, but I don't know, I guess like when I saw that, I just didn't, I just, I didn't like really feel emotionally a, attached to, to Annika, but that's just, that's just me. It's not like a huge problem, but it just a but I just that it's just more of a preference. That's just that's that's the way I look at it. I legit I, I agree legit. with you, Robbie. Um, I didn't get that connection with that character, but more importantly, I didn't get uh Selena's connection to that character and about why she cared about her friends so much. Um Same. I thought they were fucking same. I thought that's what I thought too. I actually yeah. thought that's what it was at first. That okay, they writing Selena as to be a lesbian character or whatever, but that wasn't the case. And I'm like, why do you care about her? Um, I, I don't understand it. And then another thing about Catwoman in this movie, um, I'm usually against like romantic relationships between the main protagonist and anybody else because I'm like, 
give me just a movie and stop giving me forcing relationships down my throat. But in this one, I legitimately wanted to see uh, more between Batman and Catwoman, more of their relationship. I know they had the big kiss scene. I know they had a few other smaller scenes, but like towards the end, they just went their separate ways. I was like, I felt that connection that I really legitimately wanted to see more because I felt like that would have actually added to the storyline this time around versus subtract from it. Well, well, I will say this though. I think that's the reason why um, they showed that, like that that last shot when they when it showed them riding the motorcycles together because it was a symbolism of them being parallel to one another. And when they split off, so I thought I honestly thought that was that was handled pretty well. And I do like, and I do like the I I do like the fact that you know when she said when she mentions oh I want oh so I'm I'm probably gonna go to Bloodhaven because. Which I'm happy about because that that leads to her own spinoff spinoff series or I don't know if it's going to be a movie or, or a series, but they're doing a spinoff for her. And I do want I actually do want to see I do want to see that because I want to see, you know, um, I do want to see Bloodhaven because I never actually saw Bloodhaven, which is like some kind of which is like a basically like a Marietta for Gotham, <laughs> which is basically what Bloodhaven is. And I want to see what I really want to see what it's like. Yeah. So, yeah, and also like I was just like, man, one of the brothers, y'all can even keep y'all dick in your pants. They're like, hey, y'all, just know down the line, we got this catwoman show for you. <laughs> like, that's why, like, something they did in the movie. I'm like, y'all did that because y'all know damn well y'all about to do a spin-off series. Like, cause at the very end of the movie, you already know that that I'm kind of excited for it because I do kind of want to see an Arkham Asylum prison break type of show. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I I want to know how the fuck they keep getting out of prison. <laughs> Especially the Joker. I know the Joker is, you know, skilled at electrical engineering and everything. Okay. But, like, he's supposed to be locked in this, you know, high tech. Like, well, I don't know about high, high tech. We didn't really see, like, too much of Arkham. But I, do, I did like the way the doors looked and the way the, um, they were designed compared to what I've, se- I've seen in the past. Because it just, as in the past, it just looked like a regular, you know, regular asylum. Even like in the in the Nolan trilogy, it was just, it just looked like a hospital. Yeah. Like for this one, it actually felt like it really felt like a prison. So yeah. so that's why. So I definitely want to see more of that. Um, I also want to want to know you guys' um, um, opinions about um, Barry Keown as the Joker. Honestly, after after learning that he was druid, and like I I looked at pictures, like you know what, he looked crazy. He can do it. Maybe because he did do it pretty well, but Heath yeah. Ledger left such big but, shoes to fill. See, but like my one thing about because I love I love Heath Ledger's Joker, but like one thing um about Heath Ledger's Joker, I just feel like if it was not in the Dark Knight, I don't think it would resonate as well because because like jack nicholson i would say even though like he legit a whole lot better job as a performance of joker mm-hmm. but jack nicholson you can legit put in different batman movies you can't put heath ledger in michael keaton's movie because it's just gonna it's gonna come off as like it's awkward it, yeah, yeah too too awkward because yeah. b- because like jack nicholson he's still crazy but he's also joking and he's he's a smooth he's a smooth gangster he was to me he actually looked more like the joker than any of the other other actors like yeah. the way his design, the uh, the co- I don't know what the hell he put in his he uh put in his mouth, but those th- that those cheeks. <laughs> I mean, how I don't know what I think they may have put some jawbreakers or something in there. I don't know. It was just perfect. It was just just perfect. Yeah. You know? so, so with uh, 
with Barry Keown, I don't know if you if you guys have seen um, the Killing of the Sacred Deer, mm-hmm. but. If you haven't watched it, he's insane in it. It actually is with Colin Farrell as well. So when I when I heard that he was potentially the Joker, actually, like he he it works. Like he just seems like a creepy enough guy. But that movie, if you you know, check it out, because he's he's sufficiently creepy that I think he'd be a good Joker. Like yeah, nobody's gonna fill the shoes of Heath Ledger. And I think the key is to like not try to be that character. You know, not try to be that version of the character and and take it a different way. Maybe you know, not like a hot topic gangster. That's probably a little too too far. Oh, I hate, I hate Cholo <laughs> Joker. I hate him. And right, uh, David Ayer, I, I hate you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't get the grill. Like, why did he? Because have a grill? Oh, no, because David Ayer explains that um the reason why he had a grill is because that um Batman knocked his teeth out. That's a stupid reason. That actually makes sense. Like that's such a great like outside of every like everything else is terrible. That actually makes a lot of sense. Like yeah, he wouldn't have teeth at that point. But other everything else is kind of insane. But, but but like I'm pick back up what you were saying, Ryan. The thing about okay, yeah, nobody's gonna top Heath Ledger Joker just because of how it literally the role literally killed him. But you can always put your own spin on. That's why Joaquin Phoenix. I loved the Joker just because it was not it not only showed how crazy he is, but also you were kind of rooting for him a little bit because like damn, society legit made him the Joker. Like to be honest. If you really think about it, in in that movie, y'all, in the Joker, if people had just left him alone, yeah, he probably he probably wouldn't went off the deep end and had that comedic scene with Rob De Niro. I'm sorry, the way that Rob De Niro died in that movie was kind of funny. Like he just like <laughs> laid back, said, "Nigga, I'm done. Okay, give me my money." But I, but you can always bring your own spin on the character as long as it is not a cholo i'm gonna say do you think jared tried jared tried but the minute i heard that he, I think he tried too hard the minute yeah, i heard I that he was sending uh used condoms and <laughs> dead rats to people i like yeah yeah i'm good on that mm-hmm. but what i but what i love about the joker in these movies is that you really don't you really don't need to give him a you know um you don't really need to give him a backstory at all like like especially yeah. Well, you can use him in so many different ways. Like Matt Reeves was talking about um, in his interview about there's actually a deleted, there's actually another scene with the Joker that he deleted where Batman, um, he said that they're going to show that that some, at some point that they're going to show that scene probably later this year. Obviously they took it out because they wanted, they wanted, um, it would have taken away from the Riddler. But Matt Reeves was explaining how, you know, that at one point, you know, Batman's like, okay, so this man is crazy. I got to get into his mind. So, mm-hmm. so he goes to Arkham actually to visit the Joker so he can like kind of pick his brain so he can see, so he could, um, so he can, so he can try to, you know, figure out the way, you know, Riddler thinks they actually cut that scene out. Like the scene they actually um, filmed, but obviously they didn't want to, they didn't want to take away, you know, from the Riddler. Cause if they would have put it in there, Joker would have been a huge distraction. Yeah. So I'm, but I'm glad I'm, but it's interesting. And he also talks about how, you know the way joke the way joker has his grin is the reason why he has some kind of the way he wanted um joker to be um be portrayed the way he wrote him was that he had that he had this skin condition where he can't stop smiling that which is why he has that grin yeah so, okay so yeah. all right y'all. I, I i we done talked about joker now let's talk about the true well one of the true villains the riddler like i said in the spoiler free 
perfect casting because Paul Dano just he just looks sleazy and slimy like he up to no good. Like it was perfect casting, and like, yes, we didn't get a lot of Edward. I'm gonna say Edward Norton. We didn't get a lot of oh god. <laughs> we didn't get a lot of I forgot his I think the name was Edward Nash. Edward Nash yeah. or or whatever. But I you know we didn't see much of him when he was the Riddler. I felt that because it brought me back to like learning about the Zodiac killer and the movie The Zodiac, how he was basically taunting the police. Like the Zodiac, I'm pretty sure the Riddler was ba- was based off of the Zodiac. He had to be. Because, yeah, Matt Reeves explained it actually. Yeah, because because he, he he's constantly killing people, murdering people in the most horrific way, and then he is laughing about it and sending them riddles. Imagine how mad you'd be. Imagine how mad you'd be. You just see murders all day, then you get a postcard. What's black and blue all over? <laughs> I'd be mad as hell, man. But I did love how over the top he was when he was doing his little Twitch live streams to his followers. And I did like the touch of that's how it, one thing I've always I've always did not like about these Batman movies is the way he gets henchmen. I like it's like legit like I know people are crazy, but like I feel like they just went to job interviews just to get the job. <laughs> but but wow. th- but this one it made sense and they showed how Riddler got his followers. Yeah, five hundred followers don't sound like a lot, but they got but they got um they got a- <laughs> they got ARs. 500 people is a lot. Oh, my God. I was thinking when they said that, that like, that's an oddly specific number of people. But then when they played it out, I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. man. And then I just, like, the thing I loved about his Riddler is even when he's he's out the, when he's out the Riddler costume, he's even more terrifying outside the costume than in it because he's just so unpredictable. He's crazy. Like that, like people are afraid of people that's big. Now nah, I'm afraid of people that just just erratic and crazy because those be the people that had the most diabolical shit lined up for somebody. Even like, that, even that interrogation room scene yeah. where he was acting just out like crazy and sing, and singing, and I was, I was that's when I was scared of him the most actually. Yeah, because he, he actually it actually I actually felt like he was like like he was someone within an asylum. I mean, it, it, I mean, it just, it was so realistic and it, it was so believable that it re- like, that I was very unsettled along with the music that was playing. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I was so uncomfortable watching that scene. That was, that's when I was most afraid of him. That, that scene was riveting. Like I remember, and especially like, again, I, I had to pee at that point. So I, I think I was a little <laughs> distracted, but like the second time I saw it, I was like, this, this is such an amazing scene. They could have ended the movie there. Like you, there could have been a world where you write things a little bit different and that's the end of the movie. And you don't even mm-hmm. need that like mm-hmm. third act insanity. It was such, it was such a great scene. Um, and yeah, he's just, he, he was like perfect in that, in that moment and just terrifying and unhinged. And, and I loved it. You, I would have to disagree with the both of you. Um, okay, I don't want to say disagree. I agree with you that he was perfect for that moment, that um, interrogation room scene where he kept saying Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne over, and Batman was thinking that, oh, he knows my secret identity. I love that scene, but it was a little too believable to where it was too realistic. And there's a thing in movies to where if it's like 
so close to being realistic is unbelievable, but if it's so far away from realism, it's unbelievable. And this borderline was a little too close to realism to me because I kept getting insurrectionist January 6th vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, this is a little too believable, which means, hey, uh, one, he did a great job in that scene and doing his job in acting and making me believe that he's this crazy Waco, Texas, Jeffrey Dahmer type of mindset. Um, but B, it did kind of take me out because like this is a little too realistic for this to be a superhero movie. And I was like, OK, that kind of just pulled me out just a little bit because of how realistic it was at that moment. If, if it must have really... It must have really freaked you out when 10 minutes later it's revealed that he did have his own collection of like January 6th insurrectionists. To well, go yeah. City. So there you go. There you go. I was like, this hits just a little too close to home. I understand social commentary is a thing. We about to go through World War Three right now. Just kind of hit a little too close to home with what's going on in, in reality. I don't mean to bring politics into like something that has nothing to do with it, but you know social commentary is a thing and i just was like hey this is making me a little too uncomfortable at this moment i don't know maybe maybe i'm fucked up in there maybe i'm a batman villain but but i just i love how close too close to home it was because the riddler yeah Jim, also it probably helps i saw batman forever recently so i love the fact that paul dano he was make kind of he was making people uncomfortable just because of how close home is home was because if you look at his job, his job was a normal job. He was a forensics accountant. Like, like, so anybody, like anybody with the smarts and that has no sanity whatsoever, they could be, they could be a villain. And I just love that about the Riddler. And I did like the scenes with him in it because like I said, he, he was more of a character in the costume because he was playing, he was playing with Bruce, like, "Mm." You a dumbass, but I'm gonna keep on giving these riddles. We're gonna keep playing this game. Which, by the way, kudos to the marketing team because the fact that that the whole market, the whole marketing campaign was based around you finding riddles throughout the poster, then in the end of the movie, they gave mm-hmm. you a website to try and decipher the code yourself. Yo, kudos to y'all, man. That that was very interactive. I don't think I've ever d- did or seen anything like, like that from a marketing campaign. So kudos to the marketing team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But well, yeah, I also so, love um go ahead, Jay. No, I was gonna say this. So what do you think about the Riddler Courtney? Um I'm not gonna lie, I was a little underwhelmed at his reveal, which we had discussed. I guess because the way they were setting it up, um, with me being a screenwriter and a storyteller, normally I can pick a villain like off bat and you know, it kept switching. I, I thought it was Catwoman at one point. I didn't know who the rat was. And then it was like, well, who is the Riddler? And it's kind of like they just threw this mad orphan um, from 30 years ago who's just had a chip on his shoulder. I, I just felt like the reveal was underwhelming. I wish they would have brought it full circle and made him part of it some kind of way, kind of like how Catwoman ended up being his daughter. I was like, oh shit, she might be it. But he just knows all this stuff because of his job and he just has a chip on his shoulder and is mad because of, I mean, and I get it. He has a right to be mad, but I just wish they could have, you well, know, brought that full circle a little bit. Well, in a way they did bring it full circle because, because at first I was like, well, you know, how did he learn all that? Even though I read the, even though I read the book, like people ain't going to know his job. But then when they finally said, yeah, he yeah, it looked like he was a forensic accountant. Like that makes sense because, 
he's working with numbers all day. So of course, forensic accounts they're they're used mm-hmm. to make sure that nothing is going on is is funny with the money. And of course, Edward Nigma he wasn't on anybody's payroll, and he was he was fucked over because of it because mm-hmm. because renewal once Thomas Wayne died. Like they said in the movie, everybody was trying to get a piece of renewal. Yeah. So in a way, it kind of did come full circle because it affected, uh, according to according to him, it affected like all the orphanages because they just flat out forgot about the kids. Yeah. Like they were doing drop, they were became drop heads. Yeah. Then I guess one at one point, Edward Newman was like, you know what? I don't like it here. Let me go ahead and burn this motherfucker down. So in a way, it did come full circle. It was just like it's not. We're so used to grandiose reveals in these superhero movies, but this movie proved, but this movie showed that you can still be subtle mm-hmm. to get your point across. That's one thing I did like was was the subtlety with the Riddler's character because it was kind of because it was kind of giving you hints. It was kind of giving you hints of the type of person that he was. Mm-hmm. And I got and um as far as um Carmine Falcone, I would say him and him and the penguin, probably the most over-the-top characters in the movie. Penguin just because of how fucking crazy he looks <laughs> and seeing him bottle was just funny when he was tied up and also Falcone he was just being the typical like the typical mob boss so what I and what I really loved about um um about you know the Riddler's plan is that with all the riddles he was make the rid like the movie wasn't just about you know Batman just solving riddles like the riddles actually you know actually um pushed the plot forward Mm-hmm. and how it was how it was much bigger than it really was so um and to be and and when you think about it like even though the riddler was quote unquote like the main antagonist of this movie i would have to say probably the really the true like villain will be falcone because he's been controlling when they said he's been controlling gotham for for 20 years secretly even though i still theorize that it's actually the court of owls but we'll get into that later um like i just thought i just thought like you know um when you think about it, like, do you did you get an, get an I um did y'all get feel that Riddler kind of won? Oh no, Rid, no yeah. Riddler. I, to me, I feel like Riddler did win. They did win because yeah, okay. Because the I think the fact was he got people to see he got people on his side. We've learned in the past few years if you spend if you spend that smooth shit to crazy people, they'll follow you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> I, I think yeah. that, I think Riddler the, the reason why I don't think he wins is because you see at the end in, in that scene with the Joker he's kind of depressed. But and why think, though? Why was he depressed? Well, because the reason why is he I think he was like a Batman fanboy. So I think that he did this partly to impress the Batman and partly because he thought like he's delusional. So it's like as as smart as he was and as like kind of clever as of, of a villain as he was, he's a guy who's like, I'm gonna do this and me and Batman are gonna are we're gonna we're gonna fix the city together. Like, you know, again, the, he's a funhouse mirror version. Like for Batman, like he he's seeking out justice, so is the Riddler in his twisted mind. He's he's trying to find, you know, he's He's trying to, you know, to to weed out the the criminal element in the city. Mm-hmm. So I think, but I think in his twisted mind, like he thought he and Batman are doing it together, and then he realizes he didn't. So he's like a jilted lover. So I think. Oh, he, I love it. Though, I love that theory. Even though he got it, like even though he won, like he got what he wanted in a way, he he lost Batman. And yeah. so I love it. He, he like. Yeah, I I definitely have to. Don't that up, baby. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Now he's like, you cheating on me with justice? No, don't make me feel. <laughs> Was that Ryan that said that? I think that is a perfect way to put that because yep. even though he won, 
Batman still scolded him. Like you said, like somebody you were pining after who's just like, bitch, you ugly and I never fuck with you. Like he pretty much was like, you're a loser. I don't give a fuck about you. And that I think that really broke him, even yeah. though he won, like he he accomplished his mission. You know, so I think that was a great uh, way to put that. That's a really good theory. Yeah. Don't make it weird. Um, yeah, I agree with Ryan and uh, Courtney. Like Ryan, you just said, uh, the our Courtney just said the Riddler won, but he didn't win because he felt like a jilted lover. I also agree with Courtney that I feel like um, the Riddler's reveal didn't necessarily come full circle. Like I got the whole orphanage thing, and he was left behind. But wouldn't it have been better a better reveal if he was an orphan who became one of those cops that was against Batman and was behind the scenes causing all this stuff to begin with, and then they revealed everything and he was one of the cops all along? I think that might have been a better reveal because it would have made him more connected to what was going yes. on. I think instead of this, like, oh. If you didn't pick it up in the first 30 minutes, you missed out. And now it's just a random person who's really. And you know what? That was one of my um one of my um small issues with the movie. Sometimes it, even though I'm the movie to me actually had to have to have this runtime, you know, because I, I go back to you know Matt Reeves' um world building. It the movie does feel like that it does that sometimes it gets a little convoluted. I mean, from like Car like Falcone and Selena Kyle Kyle's relationship or not relationship you know whatever you like to call it mm -hmm. um like to you know to you know uh penguin being suspected of being of being an informant you know to bruce wayne's parents and really it just it, it feels like it's connected but i feel like sometimes it just gets a little a little bit overly complicated so i do feel like that it maybe they could have maybe they could have simplified it a little bit more yeah i definitely agree with that like yeah. uh I, I agree the the length of the movie is justified to tell the story, but yeah. after you watch it, there are things they could have, like, you could have drawn some of this stuff back a little bit. Like, I got the relationship between Bruce Wayne, Batman, and Alfred within mm -hmm. the first couple of scenes. You didn't have to draw those hospital scenes that long. Uh, some <laughs> stuff was neat. You could have had more of Selena and uh, Batman in that relationship. You could have had more involvement with Riddler being more current of a character versus some orphan that was forgotten about for 28 years. Um, you could have did more of a tie-in between Bruce Wayne and the Riddler himself in that scenario but i feel like they just made it overly complicated to make the plot and everything work together uh yeah. and then just expect you to yada yada over the small bits and pieces that that kind of don't quite make sense like every movie does but in this one i feel like they just want to just kind of sweep it under the rug and hope you don't forget about it i hope you just enjoyed the phantasm that was the movie and i'm like eh, it wasn't as enjoyable as you think it was well shoot I, I forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> oh yeah so i was gonna say like um and we've seen batman's origin like a thousand times i'm so like and this is a year two story but right. the way the way i look at it you know the way um what i love about this particular movie is that it's really an origin story for his rogues gallery yeah when you think about it the way it's all set up and i do like the fact that you know joker and batman already know each other but Matt Reeves explained that he's not really the Joker yet, which, yeah. which I'm kind of curious as to what he mean exactly what he means by that. But I just love how it's how it all set how it's all, all set up because you never actually got to see, you know, 
Gotham revealed as being corrupt. I mean, because in, in the other movies, you just kind of know, oh yeah, Gotham's corrupt. We already know it's like all it's like just thrown in your face without any without any without delving deeper into like you know the underground what um underneath like what exactly how got how Gotham is. So that's what I really loved about it. And it really I I just think it really sets in motion all the other other movies because what I love about the ending and why they're doing spin-offs of uh you know, the Gotham, you know, Gotham and Catwoman and even Penguin, who's getting his own spinoff, you actually got to see, you actually get to see them develop separately because I don't think it's, I don't think like, they say they want to do a trilogy of this, of this, you know, series. I don't think a trilogy is, is going to be enough for them to really fully flesh out these characters and have their rise to like, say Penguin, for example, to his rise to power. So yeah. I'm actually like, so in a way it, it's in, I loved it. And Matt Reeves, like he was, he was really smart into like crafting this into this this um, Batman centric universe because you get you actually give the characters time to really to really grow on their own and then that that could lead into the next movie and I'll get into my sequel theories um, a little later. Now I will say this one reason why I think they did put the Joker in there and I hope it is because this would be this is one of my favorite stories from D- DC Rebirth. There's a story called Batman uh, Batman the War of jokes and riddles where basically the riddle and the joker they become tight but then they but then they go their separate ways and the city is picking sides the city is picking sides of the, they want to rock with riddler or they want to rock with joker and batman's caught in the middle of it so i really hope i don't care if it's in a tv show or whatever i hope that they do do that because the riddler even though he's been underutilized and and in me like in the like in the live action movies he is a really like he is a very dark character and he's and he's one of batman's he's one of batman's smartest adversaries because his thing is he has to be smarter than batman because once he's not what's he gonna do he can't do shit (laughs) yeah he has a very obsessive like inferiority complex yeah it's like he has to be he has to be smarter like 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 legit there there's there's a part in the in the book when the riddler just cries and and accepts defeat because batman outsmarted him (laughs) (laughs) so i've always like so that's why i think it was good to start it off with the riddler and maybe like with the with a few easter eggs we got which i'm uh, I'm gonna talk about them maybe i'll get to see a hush i'll get to see a a proper bane that is an austrian or or cartoony or maybe i'll get to see uh i'll get to see uh people like um possibly uh lady shiva if possible a form um a form of the court of owls possibly um well they can't do i don't i don't think they're gonna bring the robbers in anytime soon and, and i hope they don't but then again it kind of wouldn't make sense because he batman crazy <laughs> you see it in titans when uh when uh Bruce Wayne uh, oh. after uh, Jason Todd's death, and Bruce is like, "Hey Dick, you want to be Robin? Please, I need you to be Robin." Yeah, you're insane, Bruce. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, literally what happens. Yeah, like that, like, but like I said, I, now they would legit have to get a kid actor if if they, if they do that. In Matt Reeves back, um, and Matt Reeves the Batman, just because yeah. I think they're really pushing the fact that this man is not mentally all there. He is yeah. not mentally, he is not mentally all there. And then I do one thing I do have a problem with about the movie is like, damn, y'all can't find out that Bruce Wayne Batman. <laughs> I mean, it was like right there. 
I thought the Riddler knew because he kept saying his name, but then uh, Jason was like, no, he's testing him, I guess, or Batman is testing him to see if he really knows. And then he says, we didn't get him. And I thought he was having a mental bipolar moment, but he was talking about him and the Batman. So Yeah, and uh, I just, but also I, I think it does make sense because they've established that Bruce Wayne don't go out a lot. He is not. A, oh. He's nothing like Christian Bale. He does not go nowhere. Yeah, he's <laughs> not the billionaire playboy that we know him to be. He's at uh, all. right. He's like this social recluse, uh, hermit turtle type of person that just doesn't go out, doesn't spend money, doesn't do anything, and he just spends all his time and effort being Batman. And I get that with how they're telling it it's year two he's just stuck in his ways and just trying to get justice out there and be vigilant um and correct all these wrongs and things so i understand that part but it would have helped like because like with batman and his villains and i talked about duality uh, other part of that is his uh secret identity as bruce wayne he has to manage both worlds and i feel like this was more batman centric and not enough bruce wayne trying to be the billionaire playboy that we know him to be and i guess in this sense you can't you like there's only 24 hours in a day you can't both be out there in the public eye and also be the vengeance of the night you gotta sleep at some point and i do respect that aspect of them trying to tell the story but i do feel like they was missing a bit in a piece of the actual overall character of who batman is but i do, I, I do oh you go ahead ryan go ahead yeah well, I, I think it was an intentional choice like i do think that this is assuming there's a sequel that this is a you know yeah it's like year two and and, and as you, a couple of you guys have mentioned already like it you know bat like Batman is the real person and, and even the Riddler mentions it like that's the real person Bruce Wayne is the mask and so I think that mm-hmm. part of this part of his journey in this movie is also realizing that there's a role for Bruce Wayne to play and he's got to learn now how to play that role of Bruce Wayne so I think that in future movies, I would hope that Matt Reeves, then we do see billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. Um, otherwise he drops, the, he's dropped the ball. So I think that's more it. Like I'm, I'm expecting to see that, yeah. you know, down the road. Well, I'm going to just say this. I really think that we probably at the, at this point in time, the origin story is not to be of how they got that part. But I think we're going to start seeing trilogies, trilogies of movies where it's the origin story but of them being the full character mm-hmm. because one problem I, i've always had with the with the batman begins is batman he didn't just always batman he didn't go out there and be the playboy for be the the, um, the billionaire playboy at first he actually had to learn he actually had to learn like i have to keep both life separate mm-hmm. and then like and like i just felt like christian bale it, it was just played too much into it and then for one he was a dick to harvey for no reason but I just there I, was a reason he was with his girl. No, I'm no, I'm I'm just saying like I his Bruce Wayne was just a dick to me, and that's not who Bruce is. Bruce, Bruce, like one thing I did like about this one is that Bruce, he's awkward, especially when it comes to pretty women. Like even when he even when he's the playboy, he's still awkward. It showed it in the TV show, in the Mask of the Phantasm movie, and like in all the other iterations of him. He like he's still he's still a little boy basically because he never really truly he never had up. a childhood yeah, yeah. He, like his childhood consisted of i'm gonna go play with bats 
Like that was the murder of my parents. But like I had said, I feel like he was stunted as a child emotionally, and that's why he doesn't interact with people. But he, but yeah, but he chose to be stunted because there have been times that people have tried to help this man. We say, I'm good being broody and emo. I'm gonna listen to my Nirvana album. So (laughs) no, hey, no, hey, hey, but look, I love, I love the Nirvana music that they play. And then this Bruce Wayne, (laughs) this Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. Um, Matt Reeves did say that Kurt Cobain is an inspiration. This Bruce Wayne, the haircut's definitely there, mm. right? But I also like that they show the um the black um the black like um mask at like eye makeup that he was wearing like when he when he was even when he was in his street clothes because it made him look because it 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 just really added to you know I just I saw that as more of like a shade of um like him being you know him being Batman being this quote unquote you know emo for lack of a better word you know just i really like seeing you know that really i just think it puts a strong emphasis on that really like dark and dark and very and very kind of like maybe not psychotic maybe not psychotic but really like maybe yeah like i really like seeing seeing that side of him that's what that's the reason why i never had an issue with him wearing the mask without one with the white eyes like they're like he has in the comics because i actually like seeing you know the black the black, I just think it's a good blend with the mask along with the black makeup the black eye makeup and stuff. Yeah, um, I have to uh, I I agree with you, uh, Robbie to an extent. I like you said I like seeing Bruce Wayne outside of the Batman suit with the black eye makeup. Uh, for me, I took that as that this is just Batman outside of the suit. And then there was yes. that scene where he didn't have any eye makeup on and he was just 100% Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I interpreted that. And picking back off what Jason said, um, I hope that this isn't something that they're doing because we just saw this with Spider-Man No Way Home where they take a whole trilogy of movies to tell an origin story. Because I, I was about to say that I uh, I like how they did Batman's backstory. Yeah, we still get the tragic death of his parents, but we don't get to see it and we don't get that trauma of that We because we already know Batman's story. Mm-hmm. But when Jason brought that up, I'm like, okay, they're going to take three movies to tell Batman's origin like they just did with Spider-Man. And then in the last movie, we're going to get the death of his parents and all this and that finally revealed and I, I i'm not on board for that what? well oh okay i'm a, like when i say going through the origin story i don't mean like we're going to see i'm pretty sure dc know if i see them pearls drop one more time i'm beating their ass but <laughs> yeah we've seen we've really seen that enough but but reason why i say that it's, it's going to come full like it's going to be an origin story like everything's going to come around full circle because it what me and robbie are hoping for the court of owls or the joker or probably both of them is going to be the end goal, and that's going to bring it all around because the Court of Owls, they are so intrinsic to, to Bruce's family. So that's why I say it's going to be an origin story because he still. I like when the, when the hero has to fill it out and make mistakes. I like seeing heroes fuck up. I wish they would show heroes fucking up more. That's why I like Mask of the Phantasm so much because in the beginning of the movie, when when Bruce is reminiscing on when he was going out there with the ski mask and an all black suit like an all black outfit (laughs) yeah people got people got this one lady not only did she get her ass beat but she still got her shit so stolen after bruce got his ass beat so i hope i still get we still get to see these those shortcomings because i was even though it was funny as hell 
I did like the aspect of that was his first time using the wingsuit and he fucked himself up by hitting. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> oh my yes. God. <laughs> I love that was, it. Yeah, that was great. I like the fact that he didn't, that he couldn't really figure out like how to have a proper landing. It also looks a lot more enthusiastic than what Val Kilmer did. He's like, oh, how did uh, Courtney sing it? I'm coming to save the day. <laughs> also, I love that. That was the, that was like the first time he did it because you the look of the look on his face when he got to the oh top shit, of that, he was like terrified. So that, yeah, that, was, that part was also great. Like I love that that little like second of acting was amazing. Yeah, yeah. and also one thing I did like about this earlier is in the Batman, whenever he's fighting multiple people. He ain't fighting all calm, cool, and collected. Nah, he finally, he getting jumped. He fighting for his life. Because you can just tell how frantic he is when he's fighting. Because, like, he doesn't know how to control a crowd yet. So, like, a lot of it, it looks really sloppy. But it's on purpose because it's him. It's him, basically. He's still scared in a sense because he like, damn, if I go down, they're going to beat my ass. So I did like the aspect of how frantic he fights. And it's just these nuances that Robert Pattinson show of like, yeah, this Batman is still figuring things out. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he got a concussion because he hit that he hit the bottom of that bridge hardest. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> like, how did you just walk, uh, like, get straight up from after getting hit in the bottom of a bridge and almost getting run over by cars? Like, I don't understand that, but I do like seeing that okay this is just year two of him he still kind of got you know some greenhorn aspects of it there's stuff he hasn't done and i do like that whole scene he escaped uh the confine because he was surrounded by cops and gordon helped him out and he you know did the grappling hook thing which is like the most unrealistic batman tool ever and he escaped and now he's at the top of the building he's like okay how am i going to get out of this let me use the wingsuit it's not some giant cake turned bat wings it's just a regular flight suit that we have and he's never used it before so it's unsteady and it worked for a minute then he didn't know how to stop making it work and i love that whole scene that was next to the car chase scene that was my favorite scene in the movie no i'm a no okay so y'all probably wondering well this don't really sound like a batman film oh trust me even though it 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 took us two hours and 30 minutes to get there y'all already know what does batman do at the end of every batman movie he got he got to stop the big plan and fight all the henchmen and i and i must say matt reeves he had to watch a lot of Batman the anime series because that fight scene it looked like something you would see out of out of the show because the way his entrance the way his entrance was the way he was taking them down the, the way he was still getting his ass beat I just love seeing that Batman get his ass beat I don't know why wow. no I just love seeing it because you don't really get to see heroes get their ass beat that much it's like they always that like that, that's why I'm glad that in these Superman comics nowadays he's getting his ass beat a whole lot more because it's just boring seeing seeing the hero always have the upper hand. So just seeing Batman get shot and your son asked me, well, his, well, his suit is cheap because because if like, how was the how was a bullet still hurting him? Like, son, when even though you're wearing a Kevlar vest, if you get hit with a 12 gauge shotgun, you still going to feel yeah, it's going to hurt. Oh, you're going to feel it. And I did love the fact they giving us little hints to other villains because that scene when he was when Ken was getting was getting choked out what did he inject in his body he, he put that good old venom in his system I like okay okay so there's possibility of bang 
and they've they um they they um kind of they kind of gave us a hush Easter egg. So I did like yeah. That. And I'm I've been wanting to see Hush for a long time. Matt Reeves did mention that he wanted um, and Matt Reeves like has so many ideas in his head. He's like he he kept mentioning I want to use the quarter vowels. I want to use Mister Freeze, Calendar Man. And then he said then recently he said Hush. Yeah, I so mean, he doesn't. So he so I don't think he's really decided on like like who he actually wants um for like the at least for the next movie. I think we'll get him in these shows, but. Yeah, I will say this, DC, you're doing a good job with letting these directors have control, have creative control, but don't overdo it. Don't just expect people like Matt Reeves and James Gunn to save your franchise. Give it time. Look, you ain't going to catch up to Marvel. That mouse already at the top of the mountain. You, you, you don't got to catch up to that mouse. Just take your time. We, I've enjoyed the projects you did. I'm excited for Black Adam. I'm excited for Aquaman, even though the first one was weak to me. And if I'm, I'm even excited for The Flash because I want to see how you're going to reset everything. But I'm pretty sure Michael Keaton is hoping that y'all don't keep. Hello. 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 What the hell? Yeah, I think it, you must get cut off because I'm. Jason. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, can you, can you say that again? Just for editing purposes. Wait, where'd I cut off at? Um, when he says I love Saint, you talked about um, I I hope my something about Michael Keaton. Yeah, I, Michael Keaton, like even on the set of uh the Flash and Spider Man, said, "Look, listen, I don't know what the fuck going on." Yeah, he literally said that he was confused. <laughs> He's in his seventies, like he has done his part. That's <laughs> why DC talking about making him that that um that that universe is batman i'm like why he is old Damn. i i think the reason why they're doing that is because you know they want they want since since matt reeves and robert pattinson have their batman series because if they make michael keaton old maybe they can they'll find a way to just kind of limit him within um within the dceu because they do have him in batgirl and i do think they're trying to do a batman beyond movie he going to shit himself. If, if, if he get in that costume, he going to shit himself. Like, that man too old to be playing Batman. Like, I mean, he did good in Spider-Man. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He was a great vulture, and yeah. I think he can definitely bring that, like, menacing presence, especially if they're doing the Batman Beyond. I think he would make a very good old Bruce Wayne and yeah. mentor to Terry McGinnis in that aspect. Yeah, if he's, a, if he's Bruce, I don't want him... The way Warner Brothers said Batman, that's what got me worried. I don't want to see his old ass put on that costume. But I also feel that they're trying to play on nostalgia. And I'm so scared. Like movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they make me starting to really, really question nostalgia because now it's just getting lazy with I feel like they don't got to do nothing. And I already don't trust Warner Brothers with the 10 foot pole. So as you should not. No. I just hope that because now they're talking about that there's going to be two Jim Gordons and one is Jeffrey Wright and the other one's going to be a white actor and that bat one bat uh, bat bat girl is black but they're going to have a white. So this is why it's so confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, you know, it's so funny because, like, in the beginning of the podcast, you talked about we're at the end, we're going to talk about the future of the DCEU. And I'm going to be honest, I'm confused. Like, what the hell are they doing? 
I, I'm so lost. Like, what are they doing? What should I follow? What's mainstream? What's important to the overall story? What's going to be an independent thing? Like, is the Joker franchise just an independent movie? Or y'all going to tie that in to the greater DCEU at some point? Um, hey. Is this Batman film something independent like the Christopher Nolan movies? Or is this going to tie into the greater of the DCEU where you already have been at like Batman? what's going on like get your shit together dc Damn. yeah and they they ran into this problem like you know in the comics they ran into this problem before back in the 80s and that's why that's what led to their big crossover event crisis on infinite earths that's why they had to reboot the whole thing and it seems like they're doing the same problem now the thing I, the reason why i really want to see this flash movie is because they're not really copying the flashpoint story verbatim they did say that it'll be a little different because I do, because it seems like to me, and this is just, this is, you know, me theorizing it. What it seems to me that they're going to try and take, they're also going to try and take um, um, inspiration from the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline. Because that, I think this is when they actually introduce the, um, like the multiverse, which is why you have both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton as Batman in the movie. I think what's, what this is going to do is introduce the multiverse to try to really try to separate anything per, like, specifically um the matt reeves the rat the matt yeah the matt reeves um you know batman series so now i don't know about i don't know but i i am with you i don't know exactly what their what you know what their plan is like for d it seems like they're not really trying to do any like crossovers any crossover so they're just saying okay we're just going to put out these movies you know and we're going to have a good marketing campaign for these films and then just and we're not we're not going to have them like tied together. We're just going to put them out, um, put them out there. So basically, it seems like they're just taking a break from the crossover thing before they can figure out exactly what they want to do with it. Well, before we get on to the future of the DC EU, let's go ahead and rate this movie. Shall you now? For I, I think Mark knows the well. I don't know if Mark knows the new races, but Mark and Ryan, the way we go here, if you're borderline hate the movie, it's a fuck you. If you <laughs> If it's if it's really shitty, but it's not a fuck you, it's uh it's salty. Then if you kind of if, if it's enjoyable, it's store bought. Then uh if you if you if you liked it, it's it's buttery, it's butter, buttery. Now uh, now above that is movie theater, where like you know it's really good. Now, if you really loved it, it's gourmet. So I'm gonna start with my rating. I'm gonna give this a low gourmet just because. It's get, it gave me everything I wanted in a Batman movie. I finally got to see him be a detective. This is the best Gotham, and by best Gotham, I mean the shittiest looking Gotham, which is perfect because Gotham is a shitty place. And then I loved all the characters. They like they all had they all had their moments stand out a little bit. Some I wish could have been fleshed out more, but I'm, that's why we're getting these TV shows. I thought it like. I love the choice of the Riddler being being the main being the main antagonist in the first in the first Marys movie. Um, what's his name that plays Falcone? He did a good job. I love Catwoman. This is the most comic um, a comic accurate Catwoman that we've seen on the big screen. Even though she's drinking milk, I hate that. Uh, <laughs> and like just like. A lot of these, like a lot of the, the shots in the movie, cinematography in the movie is really good. A lot of these shots can be a wallpaper. Like a lot of it can be wallpaper. Now only the downfall, it, it does have some of the CGI is kind of bad. Like when he's in that, like when he gets, 
when he knocks his head up against the bottom of that bridge, the CGI kind of faltered a little bit. It, it just didn't look natural, but that's a little nitpick of mine. But yeah, it's a low gourmet for me. Who want to go okay. next? Well, all right, I'll go next. Um, yeah, so for me, um, I'm going to give it like a high movie theater. I mean, I do love, I love the cinematography. Greg Frazier is one of my favorite cinematographers. I mean, I love the production design. Um, I love how, I love the depiction of the characters. I did want to see, see, I did want to feel emotionally, I want, I did want, I wanted to feel more emotionally connected to Annika because I don't think we got that. Um, I do love the action scenes and everything. I do think like, and it's chasing, I think the one problem I had was like when the, when the um the ramp in the truck was was um was like perfectly um, placed for Batman just to drive over it, I thought that was a little too convenient. <laughs> but I only let it slide just because I thought, you know what, I'm, this scene does kind of have to end now. <laughs> so I think that's what they were thinking when they wrote it. But I I really enjoyed this movie. It's not a perfect movie, but as a Batman as a Batman movie, I thought it was. I thought it it gave me everything that I wanted. Um, looking forward to the look. Well, Looking forward to the next one. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a movie theater, which to me is like eight and a half to like 8.8 .8 out, of, out of 10. All right, Ryan. So I'm going to give it a gourmet. I was, I was, it's funny. I'm going to explain why you, you sold me on it being a low gourmet. I mean, you sold me on it being better than a low gourmet um, on. So basically my, my main gripe, I mean, there's a, lot, a few, you know, a lot of nitpicks, but the big gripe actually is I felt like the third act felt a little bit forced you know like you have the everything is amazing up to that scene with the riddler which you know i said which i thought was riveting um and then the third act just kind of felt like tacked on um and and like it almost wasn't necessary like there was a way to end that story without a big you know big action sequence that ev all of these movies has to get and and um so i felt like it was like underwhelming given how riveting that scene with the riddler was um but you mentioned it was like something out of the anime batman the animated series and you're right like it really is and and, and if i look at the sequence in that light um then it takes it from a low gourmet to a gourmet for me um like i really did love the movie it's something that um it was better the second time and it's a movie i really stop, can't stop thinking about and i think it it dives into a lot of the psychological aspects of the character in a way that none of the other movies have, have have really approached and i mean it's got i mean it's the first movie to really feel like it, it's it's pulled out of the comics um you know it's the first one that's really a detective story the performances are all great um the chemistry between the characters is all great the only the one nitpick as far as performances is um is Alfred like I feel like we just didn't get quite enough of him and and then there was that kind of adverse not adversarial relationship but there was a little bit of like um there's tension between them that I, I feel like I wish we got that you know worked out a little bit more but beyond that I really feel like the performances are all great the chemistry is great um you know it really Gotham felt like really Gotham it didn't feel like a mix of like New York and Chicago it actually felt like its own real lived in you know world and I really love that part of it um, and I love that it was the first Batman movie to actually focus on Batman. Like Bruce Wayne didn't exist in this movie. This was a Batman movie. Um, he was in the costume more than any other movie. And um, it really focused on that, that character. Um, so yeah, I really, I really love this movie. Um, you know, ranking it, you know, it's right there with the Dark Knight for me. Um, and I'm really hopeful that, that Matt Reeves gets another shot at it. Cause I really, really think he did an amazing job and set a lot of stuff up and I'm excited to see what, you know, what he gives us uh, in the future. All right, Mark, what you think about this movie, man? I think Courtney should go first. Oh, Courtney, you want to go? <laughs> sure. Um, 
I give it a um, what's the one right under corner? I give it a movie theater uh, simply because, like I said, I felt like the payoff with the Riddler for me was a little underwhelming. I feel like I'm a layers girl. And I know somebody mentioned earlier it was too complicated. I love that shit. I love well thought out scripts where this is that and this is that and that and it, you know, but then it was like, oh yeah, I'm just an angry orphan who kind of is on my white privilege and title shit and mad that everybody's paying attention to Bruce and not me. So I'm ruining his life. But it still worked, it still worked out. Like that's a small gripe. And also I wish we could have got a better payoff with him and Catwoman. Um, but they gave us just enough that if you know how to read men, if you kind of know how to how relationships can go, I wouldn't call it a love story, but they gave us just enough where you could feel it. Like when they were together, when they were close up on each other, you know, Robert Patterson, hey, I mean, he does this well, but um, you could feel it. And it was like, we just didn't get the payoff we were hoping for, but it makes sense for this character because he is, he, his wife is Gotham's crime scene. So he can't be with anybody else, you know? Cinematography was on point. I love the scene where nothing was lighting. There was no light at all except the gunshots. I, I thought that was really beautiful. And um, it was long. The villains were good, but you couldn't feel it. And I love. I, I was pleasantly surprised because I thought it was going to be whack. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be whack. But um, man, they really showed their ass with this movie. So those are my only two complaints. I would have liked, I'm just, you know, you know, give the women a, l- a little something to work with. Like they didn't even really kiss. It was like a little peck and Catwoman had to initiate it. So it was like, are you even feeling her? But we can feel that you're feeling her. So what is the reservation? You know, but that was, that was, you know, it's still really good. I, I would love to see it again. I think we should watch it again. And yeah, oh yeah, man. Look, HBO Max is going to be like, please, please stop pressing that play button on this movie. Cause I'm going to watch the shit out of this movie. Now, one thing I'm going to pick off of you before we move on. That scene, when that scene, when he turns off the lights, I'm like, yes, thank you. You're finally having Batman use the dark to his advantage. I've been waiting to see that. And that also was not, I would be, that was, that was a scene out, that was um, Star Wars Rogue One Darth Vader level, because that was just beautifully shot. And also, it just showed how horrifying no. and intimidating Batman is to people that he's beating the shit out of. Same cinematographer from Rogue, yeah. Rogue One. Yeah, man. Like, oh my god! Like that scene right there, I just got chills. Like, I've been waiting to see Batman actually use the dark to his advantage because he's supposed to be, um, he's supposed to be the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. As, as you see, it, it rounds out to like a high movie theater low gourmet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Born Brothers, uh, you two for two with me right now. Don't don't fuck it up. So <laughs> wait, hold on before you before you go on, let me give my little oh yeah, I forgot about you. Oh, oh damn, I oh yeah, he might bring it down, y'all. We don't know. Let's see what you gotta say, Mark. All right, so first of all, I want to say I don't understand your um your rating system. It's kind of <laughs> as convoluted as the artistic direction of this movie. Uh, and I'm so glad you said that because that's the biggest issue I have with this movie. Um, I understand uh movie making and when the dp and the grip get together and the type of stuff they talk about and how artsy fartsy they want to be but like too much of this movie was underexposed or just too dark 
Uh, a lot of this movie was just lit by the practical lighting effects. And for those who don't know in the film industry, practical lighting is when you have like a light on screen and you set up another external light that shows the like indentation of that light that you see on screen. So like uh, if you have like a lamp in the background, you will set up your lighting. So the actor or the subject on screen is being reflected by the light that's uh being shown on screen so it makes sense to the viewer versus um how you know you just set lighting and things in general when you do dp work for me that kind of took me out um of the movie because it was way over dark and over necessarily dark that whole we're going to be out of focus and be artsy fartsy when we're trying to just censor ourselves to like skate around this pg-13 rating i didn't really like those things um because it just took me out of the movie. I wanted to see more of the action. I wanted to see more of these characters just act. But when you throw in all this artsy-fartsy stuff and it, you make the movie uncomfortable to watch, but I understand that part for the storytelling aspect, but then you make it uncomfortable to watch because it's just hard to see. Kind of different, you know, viewy going experiences. And then on top of that, hey, you're charging $2 more for any other movie to have a kind of crappy experience. I went to an AMC theater, floors were sticky, seats didn't work, uh, popcorn and sodas were bad, uh, the the audience was just non-existent. And I'm like, I might as well have just waited for April 19th to just watch this at home in my own environment. I would have had a better viewing experience and an overall better um, opinion of the movie because I would be able to control the contracts on my tv to be able to see these scenes and enjoy them for what they are i understand movies are made for the big screen and the bigger screen you can get is going to movie theater but i feel like because the world ended two years ago or 20 million years ago however you want to look at it um we've since evolved as a viewing movie culture in america and we can do more of the at-home thing I don't want to have to pay extra money to go see a movie that I'm going to have a crappy experience seeing because it's going to ultimately just take me out of the movie. And that's what happened. Okay. So on a scale from one to 10, what would you rate? Uh, on a scale of one to 10, the movie itself, the movie was good. And I do recommend watching the movie, even though I was skeptical about it. Um, Cause it does justice by the character. I'll have to give it seven and a half, maybe an eight. Okay, so that's so that's what we classify as movie theater. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, man, like you know, those on those facts are understandable because I ain't gonna lie. Some of the, but <laughs> but some of them are like, am I going blind? Why is it so blurry in the back, bro? I wear <laughs> glasses. I'm sitting here like I know I'm yeah. not losing my vision. I'm I'm barely thirty five. I know I'm not losing my vision. Like, why is this so blurry? When was it blurry other than when he was so, coming to? Remember when he went so, out and he was coming to? So when he was hanging a lot, like when it was showing downward shots, it was blurry. I like, damn, did Batman punch me in the face? Am I losing well, vision? Is that to give the eye from a POV of a person who was hanging upside down with blood rushing no. to their head, maybe? No, no. I, I get that, but there were several other scenes yeah, where, like, like they, they was just artistically like focusing, like they had very shallow depth of field, mm -hmm. and I understand that you do that storytelling-wise to bring focus to a certain part of the screen, but there's like a scene with the Riddler doing something, and the whole thing was just out of focus. There was a scene with Batman figuring something out 
and the stuff he was figuring out was in focus, but everything else was just out of focus. There was a lot of those shots like that. And I get it. You okay. shoot on the A7S's, the Sony's, and you're trying to do all this artsy stuff like the NFL was doing, doing out the uh, NFL season, where they had that really shallow depth of field and only this one particular thing is in focus. But that really took me out of a movie. Like, this is a, a big budget movie. I just expected it to continue the same format of what I'm used to. Uh, there was so much new stuff that they did that just took me out. Like the lighting choices, I get you use the practical lighting, but the overall scene is just way too dark. I just shot a movie in December with a bunch of indie filmmakers and we had the same discussion. Like you don't have to be so artsy. Sometimes you can get the point across mm-hmm. with the bare minimum instead of like, oh, I'm a like the whole third act i think ryan said this best the whole third act like where uh they're in the gotham square park thing and it's like the water's rushing in all that was unnecessary batman helping the mayor and the people that was trapped underneath the rubble all that stuff was unnecessary they only shot that to show how artsy they are at cinematography and uh being directors of photography and showing light and all this that i'm like that's cool if you're an art student, but you guys are professionals, just in the movie. Yeah, but but I also think the reason why they did that because they probably like <laughs> writing, they probably fall asleep like, oh shit, this is a Batman movie. Let's go ahead and put a fight scene in <laughs> because like every every movie, and that's this is the issue with all the Marvel movies and all the DC movies is that they all rely on that third act like you know scene that you got to have a big set piece and, and insanity and CGI. And at least, you know, it wasn't as CGI heavy as stuff you'd have in Marvel, but, but why can't the movie just end on like an intense interaction between two people? Why can't you just, you know, there's enough action before like that car chase scene was enough. We could have just had that and Batman punching a couple guys in the face. And that's like enough action. Um, why can't we end on something that really is going to hit you hard and, and not have to see all that. And so then it just feels, yeah, it feels like, tacked on like why do we need like why do we need it and, and then already in a, in a movie that was you know so gripping it, it felt it was a little bit of a letdown it, all of a sudden it's like all right you know we're, we're going to that because we got to go to that well because it's it's a comic book movie um yeah i i agree with you ryan um like if they had ended the movie at the end of that batman and the riddler monologue or dialogue that would have been great. You had a great jumping point for like a sequel. You didn't necessarily have to show the third act because you like the only other thing that happened after that that was worth watching was the fight scenes on the catwalk with Catwoman and Batman. Um, but outside of like when you think of it as a whole, it wasn't necessarily worth watching because not a lot happened. It was just a cool fight scene, but that's it. It added nothing to the storyline. I would have been more satisfied if the movie had ended right there on that cliffhanger like how uh the second christopher nolan movie ended with the joker getting away at the end um that could have led to something greater minus heath ledger doing what he did um so if they had ended the movie right there and then picked up for a sequel and did some more fantastic stuff that would have been a greater ending and i would have been more satisfied with that than the ending we actually got yeah I can get where you come from, but I also think Matt Reeves. I think this this is me thinking of why why he did it, because it was a line in the final act when he was doing his uh when he was doing this Sin City monologue when he had said a line like, "Well, you know, I I did this to become vengeance, but I see that 
I'm I'm a symbol of hope now. So I can see why he kind of did that because I think this is also to this is also to progress the character of Batman. So now we'll probably see. Hopefully, we'll see more Bruce Wayne because there was, like I said, Bruce Wayne got booted out of the movie basically. So I think that's why he did that so that way he can he can evolve the character of Batman and Bruce. So, but yeah, I will say it did run long because I'm gonna lie, like, oh, it's time to go. Oh, never mind. Riddler told me to sit my ass down. I I didn't mind it. I, I mean, I, I didn't mind. mind. I, I didn't mind about it, but I was like, damn, I gotta pee. Because <laughs> it was like, yeah, right it, when you thought the Batman won, oh no, I have another trick up my sleeve. This is my real, like, this is my real coup de gras or whatever. You know, you're here confronting me, and yeah, I'm locked up. But this city about to be underwater, and it, it wasn't flashy, yeah. But also, this isn't terms yeah. of endearment. This isn't Gone with the Wind. This isn't Still Magnolias. It's an action film. It's a superhero film, and there is a formula, and you gotta stick to it. Yeah, and I just love the fact that really said, like, like when he was telling me his plan, like, hey, yeah, hey, Batman, yeah, fuck you, <laughs> like, yeah. like that's basically what really said to him. Yeah, fuck you, like you didn't win, but. But yeah, I can understand like a lot of people it will turn off. So yeah, y'all, this uh it still rounds out to about high movie theater, low gourmet. But now let's talk about something that I've I've been thinking about. Let's talk about possible sequel ideas. Now, I have been wanting, I have been praying for a good Bane for a while. I love me some uh Tom Hardy, but I remember Bane being Austrian. I keep forgetting that was him. Yeah, hmm. yeah, like, and then like, maybe they could finally do a Batman Nightfall or a no or a No Man's Land type of story, which I think will work really well since they've already established that Gotham, whenever whenever there's a power struggle, is like whenever there's a, some power to be had, there's always a power struggle. People are always clawing towards that. So I would love to see that. I would love to see them introduce the Court of the Hours. That would just I could die that day and I would be happy because I finally got to get to see an on-screen quarter of the hours. Of course, you know, they're going to do Joker because I think every iteration of every, every like era of Batman, we have seen a live action Joker, whether we liked it or not, mm. because the Joker profitable. I mean, this Batman is not going to sell any toys because these kids are going to be frightened, scared as shit. Also, another thing, people don't take your kids to see this movie. <laughs> Yeah, they, this is not this is not a this isn't Joel Schumacher or whoever or the the Adam West Batman. Well, yeah, but that's also what I like. I do like one thing that DC can do that Marvel is really trying to stay away from. They're taking chances with certain things because you know Marvel they kind of have to keep to that formula that they built. Mm -hmm. DC on the hand, like, well, shit, we fucked up so much. We're gonna throw shit. Yeah, yeah I was about to say that DC <laughs> has messed up so much they can do yeah. whatever because they don't have a formula. The reason why uh, the MCU sticks to that formula is because it's successful. If if you keep doing A, B, C, and D, and it keeps making you a billion dollars per movie, just stick with that. That's what's working, and just tweak it as yeah. need be. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, name one DCEU project that has worked out before the Suicide Squad last year. Well. I would say one of their only successes, like I like, like it, like it made us money. I would say Wonder Woman, not eighty four. That can go to hell. Okay, yeah, I'll give you the first Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'll give you that. And then, like, like I said, Aquaman would have been better if that dialogue was just better. 
you know, Aqu the thing about Aquaman is that I felt like James Wan was trying to rush world building while also telling a story. Yeah, telling, so like actually telling this, um, you know, explaining the plot. The movie was fun. I enjoyed it. But, you know, I just felt like that they were I felt like that they were kind of rushing that movie into production. That's why that, that movie came out four years ago. That's why they had to. That's why they took their time with the sequel. Because they're like, okay, let's let's take our time with this one. Yeah, and not so, try to rush everything. Yeah. So DC has the opportunity opportunity to take chances. Like they they realize, like you know, yeah, we trying to we trying to sell toys and whatnot. But sometimes we got to do what's best for the longevity of yeah. these of these projects. Because yeah. when well, I want to disagree to that statement because if they're doing so much to take chances, why did they cancel the cyborg movie and did what they did well, with the theatrical catch of, of, of Justice League? It took the Snyder cut to come out for us to get the true uh truth of behind what happened with cyborg, and that was the better part of the movie. That was the heart and soul of that movie, and they cut it out. So, like I remember back in 2015, we were supposed to get a cyborg movie come out in 2019-2020, and they canceled it because they didn't think it would be good. And I'm like, you kind of fucked yourself over sorry for my language Big by fact. doing that because the aquaman movie was not good you put more money behind that wonder woman 84 was terrible you screwed up batch v soup which should have been this big thing you built up to but you didn't want to do that and jessica league was a flop because of everything that you did and it took us this four-hour snyder cut for us to get what we were supposed to get and look how more successful that is versus what you put out well, my dear friend Mark, let me go ahead and tell you a story. A story of a, of a man that's a piece of shit. Uh, what was that exact name, right? Was it Kevin Sujahara? Yeah. So, yeah, let's tell you about stuff about him. So, the reason why the we got the justice shit that we got was mm -hmm. because they were trying to get their bonuses. And also, they wanted to get their bonuses. But, you know, they didn't want to stop production for to let a man grieve of his daughter committing suicide so they dropped him and they looked at that sexist racist piece of shit josh sweden said hey you did the avengers come on over and that's why we, <laughs> and that's why we got that shitty as justice league because josh sweden i don't care if you're listening i hope you're listening you're a piece of shit you sexist and you racist and i gotta put it on a ray fisher because ray fisher like <laughs> If he would have just gave me proof of what was going on, but he just kept saying, hey, y'all, y'all just don't know what happened. Y'all don't know what happened. Like, yeah, you're right. I don't know what happened. So why don't you give me some, some of this audio leak that you told me about? So that, that's like both parties are to blame, but it's, mo it's more of DC. So yeah, but now they take a chances because they see that James Gunn, James Gunn, suicide, uh, the Suicide Squad was a hit. They're seeing that Matt Reeves, the Batman, was a hit and they're seeing that you know what maybe we should actually give these these directors and producers creative control because we don't know what the fuck we're doing shazam was good too well yeah oh yeah i forgot about, I forgot yeah, shazam about was good yeah i forgot about shazam but it kind of kills itself instead of being released um i think it was released at the beginning of january instead of it when it should have been released on christmas okay but yeah, so I really think they're on the right path because they're taking chances. For hell, they made Peacemaker a lovable character, and then this motherfucker wearing a toilet bowl on top of his head. <laughs> That's true. 
and I will say this about the DCEU, like prior to the MCU and everything, the best superhero stuff we got from any uh, publisher or whatever was the Warner Brothers animated DC series with like Crisis on Infinite Earths and Flashpoint um, and uh, all the Justice League movies and things like that. And when they went to live action, I was like, what happened? Like, where did the fall off from telling these good animated stories to these terrible live action stories come from? Because, like, MCU is just putting you to shame without even trying. Like, where's yeah. the fall off and the disconnect? Yeah, I think, I mean, part of it's like the MCU, like, they, they cracked the code. You know, I, I think part, largely because of Kevin Feige. Like they cracked the code to how you make a cinematic universe and, and Warner Brothers kind of seeing dollar signs just tried to copy it without putting in the work and right. without installing somebody <laughs> who could actually manage it. Um, so I think now they're on the right track where it's like, look, DC's advantages, I mean, the same with Marvel, but they've got so many great characters and stories like we don't need to co connect everything just take get a good filmmaker and let them do their thing. And we've seen with, you know, with the Batman and with uh, Peacemaker um, that that can be done. Like, just give it to them, take your hands off. Don't try to, you know, get involved and, and you know, change what their vision is. Let them tell a good story and you'll get, you'll get good stories. And, and um, hopefully, you know, that's a lesson they learn and that they, you know, they try, they just let people like, let good, let good filmmakers and storytellers tell their stories. Like, I think, you know, a great example is with James Gunn and Peacemaker because, you know, effectively, like they let him do what he wanted and he's passionate about it. And he's, yeah, but yeah, no, it's like with James Gunn, it's like he's passionate about it and, and it shows. So I think that that's the key is like let good people make good things and stay out of their way. I, I agree. I think that's what the DCU is missing is like just let the people who care about the project care about the project and stop being corporate micromanaging them and giving your vision because your vision isn't what the fans want. Uh, these great directors who have done other fantastic projects are going to be better suited to make the thing that's going to make you the most money. So just let them be creatives. Yeah. And also make sure that you pick you you choose the right directors for the um yes you know, that project because that's you see as a Green Lantern fan and, and look I like Martin Campbell as a director but how do you go from doing political grounded action movies to doing a space like a space epic like Green Lantern I mean I don't see how that actually tracks right you know. I I'll give you another one, uh, M. Night Shyamalan and <laughs> that garbage movie that we shall not even talk about that I just brought up. No. Yeah, we're not even going to mention the name. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, but I think that DC's on the right track. Now, one thing, I don't want them to give people too much too much creative control because, like I said, I love James Gunn, but that motherfucker can get crazy. If y'all have seen any of his trauma, his films from his trauma days, he can get insane. So hope I still want them to have a little bit of a leash on his on these directors but i do hope that they give them creative control because the movies that we got before they just first of all they messed up i look i love zach's not like i love some of zach snyder's works like i love his um don i love don of the dead but he's he's also had some stinkers like sucker punching and sucker punch was cute it was yeah i want to know it was cute because it was kind of fucked up I mean, visually, I enjoyed watching it. Like, it from a visual perspective, I um, Sucker Punch was beautiful to watch, but it was just, but that 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 writing was just really bad. Yeah, like, yeah I I illegally downloaded Sucker Punch, and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the thing about Zack Snyder, 
He's a he like he's a great director. Horrible at writing that dialogue. Like I and they put so much trust into him. Like I look, I love the Justice League Snyder cut, but from what we would have got before, I kind of I probably would have hated it again because he was talking about having Lois have an affair with Bruce and have a baby by Bruce, even though that Superman was only dead for like a day. Yeah, it would have been bad. That that's weird. <laughs> it would have really, been really weird. It would have been that bad, but I, I but I think when they saw what Zack Snyder's vision was originally was, I think they say, you know what? Maybe we should let them have a little more creative control instead of us putting our greasy little Warner Brothers hands up uh, all up on them. So yeah, future I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Now, okay, so this is Batman centric. So I gotta ask y'all, who would you say y- your top three is now? I'll start with Robbie. Um, it's kind of hard to say. I think Robert Pattinson. Um, we've got he's the most so far. He's the most comic accurate. But who knows? Maybe ten years down the line, we're gonna say the next person's better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. Um, I like Robert Pattinson's Batman. I really love the fact that you know how you actually see how obsessed he is with you know with fighting crime with fighting crime and how you get to, you actually he's he really expresses how how tortured he really is and how traumatic how he went through that traumatic experience as a child so i definitely have him as number one um i can't really put i can't rank as bruce wayne yet because i don't think we've seen enough seen enough of him oh, we're just doing batman's yeah we okay okay bruce. cool um i like um that's not my second favorite batman was um was um was ben affleck because it reminded me of the dark knight returns like how like his how he was physically imposing and how brutal he really was you know like i really like i really um enjoyed the the suit that he had on because it was how it had had, like the big symbol on his chest with the gray and i wish we that we really could have gotten more with the um with the solo batman movie because i really wanted to see him fight deathstroke i really do (laughs) we'll probably never get to see it um but yeah i put him at number two and number three um Number three, I'm gonna, I'm only gonna go with, I'm going with uh, Christian Bale, um, only because I really liked um, how it kind of gave us like a, like a, um, like a, how I, that's the first time I saw like a realistic take of Batman, and I really liked, um, I really like how he was, how he was trying to, uh, um, how he was trying to um, like, like split like both personas. I mean, I even even though I liked him more as Bruce Wayne, and and I only put him at number three just because, because um I didn't like the voice, the fight the fight choreography. I'm not gonna blame him for that. I kind of blamed. I really blame the fight choreographers for that. I don't know why. I don't know why they they you know they um they shot um they really sh- um shot him like that, especially in in the first one where they had extreme close ups. And I'm like, and like you just see him extend a punch, and someone just fell down. I'm like, wait, what happened? <laughs> you know. So, but um, that's that's who I would put as my top three. All right. Um, yeah. So, so for now, what about you, Ryan? Top three, and we only gonna go live action because. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of unfair to do an anime. Yeah, because yeah, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I would put Kevin Conroy over Bale. I'm sorry <laughs> if he did animated. Mm-hmm. So as just Batman, I would definitely say. Pattinson is the best Batman so far. I think it's the we've gotten more of his Batman than anybody else, and I think he kind of embodies the the kind of that kind of tortured soul 
um, and and the person who's obsessed with everything. I mean, he cares about nothing but but this and but that mission, um, and he's not even figured out how to be Bruce Wayne yet. So I definitely think that that he's he's number one as far as Batman. Um, number two, I, I I like Ben Affleck. Um, I think I think because of the like the um, just the action scenes with him, the fight scenes with him were really cool, and I think that they really got that kind of it looked like the video game where I think. Pattinson's were more realistic as far as how he fought as Batman. I think, um, you know, Affleck's looked, you know, really good. Um, so I'd probably give him that. Um, and then I think Keaton, um, I really, I think he, he, he was just, he was unhinged. And I think I like that again, Batman's crazy, uh, you know, as we've talked about a lot today, you know, he, he, he's, he's not all there, you know, you can't be to be a rich white guy, you know, fighting crime in the streets when you could be spending your billions to, to, to actually make a difference. And I think that, um, you know, Keaton had that kind of, un, you know, he, he wasn't all there. And he kind of, I think I, 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 I could see, you could see that in him. So those would be my top three. Mark, uh, I'm a little indifferent because it's hard for me to pick a top three for just the live actions only, especially just Batman portrayal only. Um, so forgive me, but here's my list. Uh, number three, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, what is it, Michael Keaton, the 1989 Batman, just because without him portraying the character, we wouldn't have all these other variations for us to even be sitting here and talking about. Because uh, if that movie had failed, Batman in itself would be one of those franchises that just kind of went away with superhero movies of the 1970s and 80s. And we wouldn't be literally sitting here talking about it because it wouldn't be a good of a franchise. My number two would be Ben Affleck, because I would like to see more of that uh, portrayal of Batman. I did kind of like the aspects that we got from Bats v. Soup and Justice League uh, and like uh Ryan said it's like the perfect kind of Batman Returns type of Batman and my number one and I'm going to lose my geek card for saying this George Clooney only because my kid nostalgia glasses and Batman as that character in the 90s is heavy in my mind um I know it's super cheesy super inaccurate version of Batman nipples on a bat suit type of thing but like that what's resonated uh with me with the character because i was an influential child and from there i got the christopher nolan batman films which was a dark gritty take of the character so because of george clooney and his terrible portrayal of batman made me enjoy the character of batman from the comics and from all the animated series even more because I had like everything else from there was just up. So I give him that credit because of how cheesy he was as Batman, if so, that makes sense. So, so was that like a backhanded compliment to George Clooney's Batman? Yes. <laughs> he was so terrible at it that it's the best portrayal of it. The funny thing is though about George Clooney is that when you think about it, George Clooney kind of is Bruce Wayne in real life. Right. I mean, he's a recluse, you know, <laughs> like he was a womanizer. You know, he had, even has the voice of Bruce Wayne. He kind of yeah. is Bruce Wayne in real life. <laughs> All right, Courtney, what about you? Your top three. Um, and I know it's not a very popular choice, but my number one is still Christian Bale. Um, I just I think I'm just biased to him because I enjoyed uh, his trilogy the most and also he had Heath Ledger so I mean just you know that's just been my favorite 
Um, second, I'm going to say, I can't believe this, but glittery vampire Edward Cullen, Robert Pattinson, he really showed his ass in a good way uh, in this movie. And if nothing else, it was different. I mean, you can call it emo, you can call it emotionless, recluse, whatever, super dark, but it was, he, he brought a new sound to an old song. So I, I can commend him for that. Third, I think I'm going to go with Michael Keaton. I was going to say George Clooney, but um, <laughs> since you got laughed at, I'll just stick with Michael <laughs> with Michael Keaton, yeah. All right, so I'm going to start from three. Number three, it's hard because, like, besides, the besides like, the two current ones, I really wear my favorite. But I'm going to just say Michael Keaton because, you know, Michael Keaton, he the OG. He was the first one that started off. Well, first, no one because there was a 1939, but but we don't talk about that one. Yeah, uh, you forget about Adam West either. <laughs> yeah, Adam West, I can't really classify that because it's just a product of his time. It's too much of a product of his time. Like, but yeah, I'm gonna go Michael Keaton because, like you said, that was like the first serious take, if you will, of Batman, and like he he played Batman well. Uh, second, everybody knows I'm champion this. If, um, he was first for me. It's Ben Affleck, just for some fact, like Robbie said, The Dark Knight Returns. After Robbie showed me that movie, I like, I want to see that Batman. He fucking people up. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I got to see that, but uh, but also, but you can also tell, he you can tell he was a tired Bruce Wayne, like he was an older Bruce Wayne because he had just had a, always had a tired look as Batman on his face and he killed people. He put me. He he can. He was up there for me just because some fact he had sense to actually kill people because he knew they weren't going to do better. And mm. number one, y'all already know who it is, man. George Clooney. He's just something about that Batman credit card. <laughs> now nah, I'm, I'm I'm just playing, y'all. Y'all y'all know it's Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> like Robert Pattinson, he just he just the most like he just the most intimidating Batman that we have seen, and he doesn't do it with his words. He does it with his. His, his like his just his presence and his physicality and just like like um ryan was saying i like the fact that his fight scenes were more realistic and i like how it just shows how unhinged he was because there was one part of the movie he just one uh like the first dude that he beat up when he said who the hell are you supposed to be after that first punch buddy could have been done but batman said nah i think he needed i think he needs some more and it just showed <laughs> And it just show how unhinged he is as Batman, how like how crazy he is. And I just love seeing my crazy Batman. So yeah, that's my that's my number one. Yeah, and for everybody to say Christian Bell, he should be in there somewhere. Like, look, I'll just be honest with y'all. As Bruce, I was okay with him. As Batman, that bad voice. I'm Batman. But I wanted, but I I didn't want to give him just one loss. I just wanted to shove the whole bag down his throat. Like, nigga, please take these. Mm. <laughs> Swear to me. And then, like, I also, another one I can't say just because I tell people this all the time. I feel like the reason why people love The Dark Knight is not because of Christian Bell, just because of the phenomenal job that Heath Ledger did. And he even got outshined by Bane in the third movie. And I don't even like Bane in, in the third movie. So that's why. Now, one more question we want to ask about this, then we're going to watch this trailer. Out of the two movies, the, now, what do you... Uh, uh, the two movies, The Dark Knight and The Batman, which is the better the better Batman movie. I'm going to start it off as a Batman movie. I'm going to say that this is better because you actually get all the aspects of Batman itself. But this movie does have a lot of flaws that we have said. So as 
So this is a better Batman movie, but The Dark Knight is the better movie overall. That's just that's just for me because like The Dark Knight had a like small flaws, but not as much as the Batman. Like there's a like 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 um Mark said, there was some scenes I thought that Batman punched me and I could barely see. Mm. <laughs> so and then like a lot of the characters were not fleshed out, like Annika. I, she just some dead hoe that they threw exactly. in the trunk. <laughs> I ain't gonna say fuck it because she got strangled there. That's kind of fucked up. But but yeah, so like as a Batman movie, this is the better Batman movie, but The Dark Knight is a better movie overall. Uh, Robbie, I'll let you go next. Hello? I Ryan? Oh, hold on, sorry. My bad. I'll let Ryan. Uh, Ryan, what about you, man? Um, I think it's, I, I've, I've been asking myself this question, like since Thursday, and I'm not, sh- I don't know that I know the answer. I know that, you know, the Dark Knight is a tighter movie. I think, it, you know, there are far, there are fewer flaws in the Dark Knight. Um, but, you know, I do wonder, and I've always wondered this, like how much of the Dark Knight and our, and our love for it is just that performance that we just got one of the, the greatest performance just in cinema, you know? And so I, you know, yeah, I think, you know, I can, I can see your point that the, you know, the Dark Knight might be a better film, but I'm not sure. I think that this movie swing, you know, goes for it. I think it gets a lot more right about the character and, and Gotham and then the world. And I think there's a lot more world building in this. Um, and it is much more of a Batman film. So, yeah, it's, hard, it's a hard answer. I don't know that I, I don't think I have the answer yet. I think I've, I think this movie asks a lot more questions is a, is a lot deeper of a movie and there's a lot more to chew on. Um, but yeah, if you're looking at like, what's a tighter movie, what, what's going to, you know, you're going to sit down for, you know, the, you know, you can, you can recommend to anybody and they'll enjoy it. Probably the dark Knight. this, you know, if you're a Batman fan, and you want something that's going to be unsettling and make you really sit and think about it, then, then this one. So yeah, I don't know that I quite have an answer yet. All right. What about you, Mark? Um, I agree with Ryan on this one. Um, it's a little too soon to say because you're comparing a three movie trilogy to just a movie that just came out uh, over the last couple of days. So it's hard to sit here and kind of decipher which is better because I just have this one performance with all these characters from well, Batman. But at the same time, uh, like Ryan said, with the, uh, with the other the Dark Knight series. Oh, wait, no, wait. Hold on. Hold on, before you go, um, I think we like we got uh, mistranslation. I was saying the debate that a lot of these people are having is the like out of the two movies, which is better. I'm not. I'm just saying the Dark Knight as a film on its own, because everybody's saying which is better. That that that's what I was asking. Oh well, I mean, this still kind of brings up the point I was about to bring up. Like the Dark Knight by itself, are we just judging it off of Heath, Let- Heath Ledger's performance? Or are we judging all, like everything because? like that movie stands alone by itself because of that one performance and how uh, everything transpired with the actor versus Robert Pattinson. And like, you know, this just came out. I we just only had, but a few times to watch this. I've only seen it once. So I'm still trying to digest it. I think it's just a, a hard comparison to make because they both make like great strides with the characters um, and they both have their issues, but they're kind of, uh, I don't, they're too different to compare, uh, which is weird because going into this, I thought we were just going to get a retread of the Dark Knight, but no, this is actually its own standalone thing, which I'm very glad to see that it is. 
um but it's still kind of too early to tell which is better i kind of need to see it a few more times the batman a few more times to kind of judge that on my own and i need to see what else they're going to do before i can honestly give an opinion on it all right what about you corny okay um for me i think it's an easy choice the dark knight and um i will say this i absolutely love like like i said before one of the reasons christian bell is my favorite is because he was part of that iconic film however he did his motherfucking thing i will never take that from him because he gave us everything you could want in a villain. I still, to this day, other than the fact that he was just maniacal as fuck, don't even know why he was doing what he was doing. He didn't even need a motive. His his psychoticness was enough. And Heath really brought that to light. And that was not an easy thing to do. Um, so that took that movie to another level. But let's say we take Heath out of it and put, I don't know, whoever, Jamie Lee Curtis, whoever, <laughs> whoever in that role. The movie was still well-written and I still think it would have been iconic, not as iconic, but it was still well-written. It gave you everything. It gave you a love triangle. It gave you, you know, Bruce being torn between his two lives. It gave the Alfred and him relationship, Alfred trying to check him and tell him about letting justice have his day. It gave us him being jealous of his, you know, his crush's new love. It gave us vengeance. It, you know, it gave us, Gordon about to step on the dark side. It gave us two face stepping on the dark side. Like it gave us everything. And that's, you know, even at the end when the two ships had to choose, like up until the movie ended, it would not stop giving. It would not stop giving. And that is hard to duplicate. This movie did very well. But as we pointed out in this discussion, it didn't give everything. It didn't give everything. So for me, it's a no brainer. It'll forever be the dark night. Okay. okay. Sorry about that, guys. I was I had to step away for just a second. All right. But did you hear the question? Yeah, I heard it. Um, <clears throat> I do think um the Dark Knight is def is a is a better film. Yeah, sure. Um, the Batman, you know, it has better action scenes and it has like that noir taste, which I really love. But I think with the Dark Knight, um, I do love how they didn't really they didn't use CGI at all in that movie. I mean, if they did, you probably didn't even. You pro they probably used like maybe one to like two percent of CGI in that whole movie. It just that just like, you know, just the um the scene where the truck got flipped over, you know the um the scene where where um you know where um Christian Bale like jumps off the building, which which really shocked me. I'm surprised that he actually had the nerve to do that. <laughs> um, like just the and also with all the important characters like you know with um Two Face and um with joker like every character literally had their had an important role to play in that movie like the movie like two-face uh, was probably my favorite character in that film because the movie doesn't work without him mm -hmm. like if you take two-face out of that movie like the ending the ending doesn't work you know the whole line between you know um between good and evil which two-face was literally the sim um you know symbolism for for that aspect for that philosophy so, I mean, just the, the, you know, symbolic with the coin flip at the end, you know, and just had some great, it just had some really, really great moments. You know, I love the, um, you know, I love the chemistry between Christian Bale and, um, and Heath Ledger. It actually showed, um, aside from maybe like, you know, Keaton and Jack Nicholson, I, I feel like that was like with like the interrogation scene with like with Bruce and with, uh, I mean, with Batman and Joker, it really felt 
it really felt like, you know, the accurate, you know, you know, hatred, it actually felt like you can actually feel the hatred between the two. Well, with at least with um, Batman's hatred, hatred for Joker, um, like it just it felt like felt like, you know, like the movie um, Heat with like Robert De Niro, where it felt like kind of like this huge, like cool, you know, this cool, like neo, this not, I don't want to say maybe not noir, but like this, this kind of like modern, like crime, um, crime drama. I don't know how else to describe how else to describe it, but it's very different from the Batman where the Batman I do think is like a, like a more like it's def it was def you could tell that it was definitely made for Batman fans where the dark Knight was made for a larger audience other than just comic book fans. Cause the dark Knight to me is not really a comic book movie to movie to me, at, le at least in my opinion, I don't feel, see it. As, I don't view it that way with the Batman. It actually felt like more of a comic book, uh, a comic book film. So yeah, I'm gonna get I give the edge to the Dark Knight. Well, all right, y'all. It's been a you know, we've been talking a lot about Batman. I can do it forever because you know I'm a bitch for Batman. But uh yeah, on with our next topic. Now, we we've all all these superhero movies, we've been worrying about the humans, but what about the pets, y'all? What about the pets? We we we've been forgetting that 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 um Superman got crypto, the super dog, <laughs> Batman got bat hound, so Oh, I wonder what about the pets? The pets, the pets do stuff too. One brother said, "Don't worry, y'all, we got you." With DC's super pets, and it is funny as hell. Who they got playing Bat Hound and Crypto? <laughs> Good old Kevin Hart and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. With I'm not going to spoil it. I'm gonna let y'all figure out who playing Batman. I want to see this movie. So we're going to go ahead and check out the trailer for DC League of Super Pets. Mm -hmm. So you are a dog. I am the Batman. I'm not really great with animals. Yeah, I'm not really great with people. Probably because of my traumatic puppyhood. As a child, my family was taken from me. As a puppy, I was taken from my family. So I steal myself. My emotions always in check. No one ever getting past my impenetrable defenses. Ah, what the heck? <laughs> that can't be sanitary. Every day, me and Suits hang out. You literally worship the ground that dude walks on. Technically, he flies. Batman works alone, except for Robin and Alfred, Commissioner Gordon, my IT crew, whoever Morgan Freeman played. What do I have here? <gasps> Squeezy Bruce! Squeezy what? That better be a licensed toy or I will freak out. Hey, I'm going to let, let y'all know. I'm gonna see this movie day one, man. This shit look funny as hell. The fact that man, look, I know I give oh god. I was gonna say you give Keanu a hard hey, time. Look, no, I give Keanu a bunch of crap, but hey, roles like this, it works for you for Keanu. I will say to that that I love Mr. Keanu Reeves. I loved him in speed. I love point 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 break. I love him. Younger. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but uh, I love Point Break. I love I love the first Matrix. Revolution can eat my dick, but I loved him in those roles. But I'm not going to lie, he is a bad actor. I'm not a hater, man. I'm not a hater. No, I mean, am I lying? Him, 
No, because when you listen to to speak, he like, god damn. <laughs> but um, he 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 really struggles struggles with um with reading dialogue, and you can see it even in the last Matrix movie, like when he says, when he says like that reality. I mean, it's <laughs> you just gotta listen to him. Even like um in John Wick two, when he says, "I'm here to kill you," by whom? Your brother. <laughs> like, Wait, he, he says is... dialogue in the John Wick movies. I swear, I it's just straight action, which is why it's his best performance. Yeah, because they they met. <laughs> look, people like Keanu and Dwayne, they work well because they hide their flaws and because they're typecasted can't i swear keanu he probably fucked up something like you know what just just leave it in like you sure i can not nah, just leave it in bro just go fuck somebody with a pencil we good but i love keanu like that like keanu is a lovable dude and to, for him to play a, for him to play a depressed character like he always sounds like he's sedated so it works that he's playing batman <laughs> For this, for this, like tone, for this, the tone, for this tone, this version of Batman where he's like overly serious in a comedic way, Keanu Reeves works for this role. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, and like it was really, and I will say, I will give Warner Brothers credit. Well, I, I rarely give them credit. I, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, well, I'm sorry, sorry, Warner Brothers, but you know, anyway, like I, I will give them credit for this. They did a good job of marketing this movie with Keanu Reeves when they, because I didn't even know that he was part of this movie. I didn't know until I saw this trailer when they revealed that he was, he was Batman. Even in the voice acting, I didn't even recognize the voice until they mentioned, until they mentioned it in the trailer. So on their part, I will give them credit for that. All right. What do you think about these wonderful casting choices, Ryan? I think it works. I, you know, it's it's a silly, ridiculous movie, which again, Warner Brothers can do well. You know, when you have a movie like Teen Titans go to the movies or the Lego Batman movie, like they, you know, they, they you know, these you can take these characters and and have fun with them. And I think yeah, Keanu Reeves is a perfect act, perfect choice for this. Like he, as you guys have said, he, he's not a good actor. Not that he's not a good actor. He has very little range. Um, but what he what when he's cast right, he 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 works. And you know something like John Wick or something like this, I, you know, I'm excited about. But anything that requires any real range or emoting, probably not a good idea. But but you know, everybody loves Keanu with good reason, and and I think he's a perfect choice for this. What about you, Mark? What'd you think? Yeah, I also agree. I think Keanu is a perfect choice for this. But I'm more impressed with how kevin hart was delivering those first few lines where he was like i'm a when i was a puppy my life was and i was like oh that's so perfect i can definitely see kevin hart and especially uh dwayne rock johnson because they were uh in the remake of what was that the, the, there you go jumanji and oh. i actually like their chemistry that so seeing them in this and then you got keanu as batman and i can only imagine who they're gonna have be superman and all the other uh superheroes who have pets because all the Jessica's league have pets uh that are super so i'm just interested in seeing how they, they do this and like ryan said i definitely 100 get lego uh batman vibes because i almost was like, hey, is that the guy who played Lego Batman? I can't remember his name from Rest of Development. Will but, Arnett. Will Arnett. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm sorry. Will Arnett. It sounded like Will Arnett at first, but then I was like, no, that sounds like something I heard recently and was really disappointed in. Matrix Four. It's Keanu. Yeah, but I just, I really hope that, like I said, I'm a comic book nerd, but I hope I get to see the Bat Cow at some point. <laughs> 
<laughs> like that, like I'm glad that we like the anime movies are able to actually go into the more silly side of comics because DC is dark. Like Marvel, like even Marvel has its lightness. DC is pretty dark, so it's fun. It's fun to see that they can have a little bit of fun. But but yeah, Warner man. Brothers, I'm slapping the shit out of you if I don't see my bat cow. I need my bat cow. All right. They might show it in a post credit scene. <laughs> what about you, Corey? What do you think? Um, it looks really cute, and The Rock and Kevin are a really good team, and they're actually friends in real life, so I think that'll help make this, you know, a more funny and a fun experience. I was very surprised to see Keanu Reeves as Batman, and I think that makes it even more funny that it's him, because since, like, Bill, was it Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, he really doesn't do comedy, so, you know, that'll be interesting to see. Well, no, one of his best comedies is that movie when them two girls came to his house. Um, Robert, what was that movie called? When, when, like, when those two girls came to his house and like, like they tried to- That movie was horrible. No, Bob, it was, <laughs> that, that ending was funny as hell because they dug his hand, head in the sand act like they were going to kill him. Then they, then they basically scared the shit out of him. And then they just posted a live video of them having sex with Keanu. And mind you, he has a family and wife and <laughs> the end of the Damn movie it. that movie was terrible but yeah, that, it was but that 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 ending had me dying laughing because when he touched the when he tried to end the live when he tried to end the video with his with his nose and he pressed uh and he Percent. pressed the facebook <laughs> I, I was laughing my ass off they had an alternate they had an alternate ending too actually for that movie where he drives by uh, um where he stalks the, the two uh, girls who were who were torturing him he he literally like drives right by the near the um to the house where they actually where the girls uh, find like another victim to like harass and so he literally puts on gloves like john wick <laughs> and then goes and then knocks on the door you just hear knock knock and then the girls look at the door they're like who's there and that's the end of the end. <laughs> well, Keanu made some bad choices by looking Keanu. But yeah, man, I can't wait to see this DC League of Super Pets. I need my bat cow, though. But man, y'all, we've been going for a long time just about Batman. Shows you how much I'm a Batman bitch. Yeah, go, Warner Brothers, go ahead and throw that sponsorship money at me. But man, it's been real fun with y'all. Ryan and Mark, thank you guys for coming in and giving and giving your thoughts on the Batman. Robin and Courtney, thank you for being recurring guests, our co-host. Now, you know the spill. You know where to find us. It's facebook.com slash bring the popcorn. You want to email me? You know, you can send me questions, comments, concerns, or if you want to roast my short ass, that's fine too. I might read them on the show. That'll be it. You can reach me at bring the popcorn 93 at gmail.com. Courtney, where can people find you at? Oh, yeah. Um, you can find me at the bingebabe.blog. That's my blog where I review different films and TV shows and give you the real on TV and film spelled R-E-E-L. Yes, it's Courtney, but I think it's cute. All right, Mark, where can the love of people find you at? Uh, you can find me on Blurtography everywhere across the internet, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. On my YouTube channel, I do cosplay photography videos and other nerdy vlogs like going to cons and stuff. And you can also follow me on Spotify, Anchor, Google, 
podcast and apple podcast uh under blurred uh blurred cast where i do my black nerd interviews and just general geek topics how about you ron where can people find you at if you want to hear more of my opinions on stuff uh, pop culture wise um you can find me on the cynic radio podcast which you can find on apple Podcasts, um uh spotify and all that good stuff um and on social media you can look me up at the gym wits um i've been kind of dormant for a while but i've got a few projects coming up that um that'll be pretty cool so you can look me up at the gym wits on you know instagram twitter um and everything all right robbie where can we find you at man you can find me on instagram at bobby underscore media if you want to just check out my promo videos um i have a feature film and a couple short films you can also find me on my youtube channel at ambitious films where you can see all the see all my content got some more content coming soon um so hit me up if you want to work if you just want to you want to chat about movies and stuff, so you know, oh, you say you're located in Alpharetta, right? Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay, so we're we're in the same city. I'm definitely gonna send you a message. We should uh we should uh link up. Yeah, most definitely. I will be on set for the next five weeks um for a feature film, and then I'm about to go to, back to um writing and like indie stuff. But definitely um next month I should be the next month I should be fine unless I find another uh, find another um job on set well yeah well like you know you can find uh bring the popcorn on google podcasts apple podcasts anchor spotify and good old good pods but yeah man uh we're gonna get up out here because i can talk about batman all night so just remember y'all when y'all come to the reviews just remember to always bring the popcorn we out y'all good night later